What have you done with my daughter? Are you mad? I am your daughter. <laughs> you are not my daughter! I know about the bleed over. You know about the bleed over? I do. I ain't starting an episode with that, so we need something better than that. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to hear no damn airplanes either. <laughs> I can't control the airplanes. All right. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. If you were M. Night Shyamalan, you could control the airplanes. I know, man. What the hell? <laughs> So we are back. We are also still in quarantine, as you might have uh, guessed from the sounds of birds and dogs barking. But we are in the backyard. We are still social distancing, but we're still bringing you some uh, some fun stuff. That was that was literally the biggest in movie fix ever. What's that? When like you know how in a movie somebody will say, "Man, I can't get a cell signal in here" because the director wants oh, you to yeah. know why they didn't just call nine one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did that in the village with the airplanes. Remember? Oh, he had really? the one guy say to the other. Yeah, that's why he had to pay off the FAA $2 billion to keep him from flying over this airspace. Uh, I feel like M. Night Shyamalan has a lot, <laughs> he has of, a lot of those moments <laughs> moments going on. It's like, what do you want me to say this for? Just, just say it, man. It's going to be easy on us later on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Especially on Twitter when people are pulling shit apart now. Cell phones. People like, are pulling shit apart about like the original Star Wars I saw the other really? day. Like some plot hole with R2-D2 or something. I didn't even go down that rabbit hole. I didn't want to even hear about it. But People just need <laughs> something to talk about, I guess. Uh, so what's been going on last week? Nothing. Not a really. whole lot? No. Yep, no movies coming out. It's it's crazy. Nothing good came to Redbox this week either. I was going to... Uh, I've been... The week before I watched Sonic, I thought it was great. And I'll, we'd be talking about that in a future pod. But... Uh, Nothing came out in Redbox. You'd think they'd be pushing stuff through if they're not going to do the, the movie theaters. Well, soon it's going to be starting, so we'll see. I, uh, movie theaters are is an interesting thing because you can you can choose to only sell every two or three seats here yeah. and there and branch them out and everything like that. Uh, and I, I think that's think how until it they get start. a vaccine, they're going to really yeah. Well, I'm not going to the movies until they do until well. they have a vaccine. Uh, could be two or three I'm years. Not worried. Here's the deal. If you get coronavirus, sometimes you have no symptoms and you're fine. Yeah. But if you get symptoms, it literally damages your lung tissue yeah. for the rest of your life. I mm-hmm. mean... Yeah, that's what people are saying. That's why they have to wait so long for the vaccine, because they want to know what the the effects are going to be years from now, more than right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, it It's going to change everything. Yeah. I think. It'll change everything. I mean, yeah. It, it'll change, I, I think... Online learning is going to benefit. Online learning is going to benefit. There's there's certain things that I thought think that came out of this that uh, I think things like and it's it's a stupid little thing, but it's things I know a lot of people are doing now. And uh, my wife's one of them is like tonight at like four in the afternoon they're going to have like a Zoom meeting cocktail hour where everyone in the company just sits, grabs a beer or a glass of wine, and yeah. they sit in front of the computer. Maria's been doing that for three weeks now with, yeah. her, with her sisters, and, she's and she been, loves it. And she did it, and I think that will definitely carry over. You know, People are going to still do that uh, to be able to connect. I think handshaking, uh, unless you're like people that are super, super concerned, I don't think that's going to be a thing anymore. I mean, once they have a vaccine... Yeah, once they have a vaccine, not, people I'll shouldn't be concerned. The same. You know? It's and, when the when the CDC comes out and says, and I, do I'm, this, do it. I'm certainly looking forward to it because it's it's not good for you to use so much hand sanitizer, too, because you no. kind of, uh, you're killing bacteria that is building your immunity up, you know? I used it three know? times. 
before. I use it. I use it every. I night. I used it three times before this. Before this, three. You three can, times in my so whole little, entire life. So little that you can count how three many times. times. Three times. Shit. I use it three times a day. Every time I pump gas for my yeah. girl when pump we go gas, when I go out, touch she's, a keypad she's inside with it, like waiting to bump touch it in a my keypad, hand. like at the grocery store or at the bank. I certainly have cleansed my phone an embarrassingly low amount, which I probably should, because they, that's what they say, 10 yeah. times uh, friggin' worse than a toilet seat is your uh, phone. And I get it. I mean, you're freaking touching it all day long. Anything you touch, you go and touch your phone. I mean, how many times you touch your phone today? Could you even, can you even guess? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. on my hip. The whole yeah. Day. Mine's, m- mine's next to me. It's like, I always have a drink near me, not like alcoholic, just like water or whatever. I always have a drink I stay hydrated all day too. long. I stay hydrated mm-hmm. all day long, and I always have my phone next to me, and I'll, I'll check it periodically for different shit so i do <laughs> i do half of my job on my phone yeah see that's when you have it like that i do a lot some i do a decent amount on the laptop too but uh and that's a good point i should mention to people and i that you probably don't have, you don't have facebook so you haven't seen it and I, I can send you the uh the list i i sat down yesterday and wrote out every episode and the subject like in 140 episodes because i included two episodes that haven't come out yet like this one and then the next one uh, no, this one was on you there. Have a lot of free time. Uh, yeah, well, I, it needed to happen too because it, I thought it was good to have a cheat sheet for people, uh, and it made me think of it because mom's been going through episodes. Has and, she? Uh, have we said anything to? embarrassing that we don't want her to? Uh, know? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I can't control that. I say what's on my mind, and uh, so. It's good to have, though, if someone uh, like her are looking for it, they want the gangster episode, then boom, you look down, you can find the gangster episode. Because it, it is difficult to scroll through there. And I've realized that a lot because I'm going through and I'm watch, watching so many of the Joe Rogan episodes. And that also brings me to, to plug a little uh, Joe Rogan experience here. Is <laughs> I'm that, sure he uh, appreciates Yeah, he needs it. The eight or t- <laughs> ten people he, he said he needs it. <laughs> but if you listen to this and you like podcasts and you love interesting shit, he has talked to so many interesting stuff. But, like, three years ago, we talked to Elon Musk, and he talked to him again yesterday. Oh. And we sat, and they're all, on, they're all on YouTube. They're all Elon, on, Elon Musk is a crazy person. Yeah, but he's very smart, and he's, he's very clever in he's the stuff clever. he's doing. And mm-hmm. yesterday, this is very topical yesterday. Uh it's different listening to him three years ago about what his thoughts were on stuff. He's talking about the, what he's developing, the implant that he's developing for the brain that's going to uh, send impulses that you could take a piece of the brain out, you could put this thing in there, and it will uh, fix eyesight, it will fix your hearing, anything that uh, relies on the brain control, like quadriplegics. He says they're going to walk again. He says we're starting human. Uh, he says we're starting human trials later this year, and it's insane. You're like listening to this, and he's like, "This is the crazy future." He's a crazy man, obviously, and uh, my girl, I mean, you my girl's to be excited. that crazy to think. Oh yeah, but he's like brilliant. That. You're listening to him, and you're like, "I can totally, totally see this happening," and it makes complete sense that this is the next step they're going to do. So if anyone, and they're all available on YouTube too, so you can watch it. Also, all the Joe Rogan episodes you can listen to on uh, iTunes, or you can watch them on YouTube. And uh, it was interesting. We sat there for two hours yesterday, just glued to the television watching him talk to uh uh talking to elon musk and uh he's a crazy man but he's he's got some interesting ideas but you know who he wasn't talking about he wasn't talking about nicole kidman so i can't i can't love all that much but (laughs) so this week we're doing hopefully everyone enjoyed what was last week last week uh oh eric's pod we did last week which was the 50s and 60s uh monster uh flicks or horror movies not technically monster flicks uh, but there were some in there. Uh, 
No, I think, did we give a shout-out? I think we might have given a shout-out to, like, Abbott and Costello, but, yeah, there was a lot of really good old, like, uh, Hammer films and uh, Vincent Price and uh, old fun stuff like that. So if you're into those types of stuff, or if you're just interested in hearing us talk about them at an abridged <laughs> kind of state so you don't have to go back and watch them all, that's what we're perfect for. Can his store <laughs> sponsor our podcast? Yeah, I know. What the hell? <laughs> Eric's new store. Eric's got a new store. Yeah, he's going to be up. Uh, he's open, and he just bought his uh, stories, the collectible people. People who have been listening to the pod for a while know that my cousin, who I do, I've done like six or seven pods with before, has a uh, toy and collectible store that he managed up uh, north. Now he owns it, and uh, he's going to change bucks. change the name. <laughs> and uh, the name's not in concrete yet, but once it is, uh, we'll pimp it on here because it's a fabulous like trip back to the eighties, seventies, uh, and eighties of nostalgia collectibles. Anything and you he want. gets good stuff. Ah, oh, awesome stuff. Like I've his personal so collection. Stuff. I even asked him. I said, "What is it? Fifty, hundred? And he's like, "Yeah, probably that." Yeah, it's it's. I would guess over a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, and not just like one one item on like yeah yeah. Three but he's got he's got several <laughs> items that are a few thousand dollars each. Yeah, uh, just those items. So yeah, he's got it pretty impressive. I mean, chances are you own a shop. Some of that uh, stock is going to go to your shop. Does now. he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, why not? I told him he could lose half the shit in his house, and you would never know it going yeah. in there. He Does would. Does he know have it. the GI Joe battleship? Uh, the no, the flag he had it at the shop, and he just had it there for a year, and he just doesn't have the room for that. I mean, he has the Terradrome and parts of the Terradrome, and he's smart about it. Like, he grabs certain parts of stuff and puts that, like, the helipad that comes on, like, the uh, headquarters, he just has the helipad, so he doesn't have to take up he the likes room. The, so um, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. He likes the old wrestling figures. Too. Oh, yeah, but he got rid of a lot of those, too. He kept his favorites because they were just going crazy. He had every single one ever made, and a lot of them were worth a lot of money. Like, the Ultimate Warriors were worth, like, $250, so he's like, ah, I'm not going to miss it use that and buy something else with it so mm-hmm. uh so yeah but i think last week we, we did that and the week before was the uh i think the off world and next week we're going to be dealing with uh movies based on video games but today we're going to be dealing with nicole kidman actress we grew up watching always love her always puts in like an amazing performance makes smart choices when she chooses what film she does in no way are we talking about all her films on here she's got like 20 that i was looking at and i was like yeah we just can't do that we're doing some condensed pods here now because of the quarantine thing so i kind of went through and picked the uh like a safe distance ourselves from from the amount of time we do it yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) so i uh I uh, pay- went through and I picked like 11 flicks here. I'm not sure why I did t- not uh, 10, but <laughs> 11 is going to be the number you, for today. You might have thought you might wanted to skip one during the podcast. <laughs> there's, there's a distinct <laughs> chance that there was 12 on here and I just deleted one off. I think that's more of the case I don't think you're an even kind of guy, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I definitely am an even kind of guy. No, and I, I meant... You wouldn't have an odd number if it wasn't for a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there was a reason, I'm sure. And that's probably what it was that I dropped the 12th one off there. Uh, But there there was ones on here that obviously she had won the Oscars. I think she won the Oscar for uh, the hours. And uh, I just haven't seen the hours, man. And I know it's it's good and you should definitely check it out because it's one of those flicks that she was uh, amazing in. But before we go down this list, what's your favorite movie she does? We won't go into discussing it uh, completely, but I'm just interested in what your favorite of, on this list is of hers. Um, Number six. Number six. You could say it, name. Nope. <laughs> You're not going to do it? Nope. All right. Everyone count when you get there. <laughs> Sorry, drinking coffee. All right. My favorite... I'm going to say the name. I, I think Cold Mountain's probably her best that she's done. She was really good. I think she deserved the award just as well as uh, Renee Zellweger and uh, that thing. Uh, I'm calling you out. It was Dave, Dave's pick was I was shot. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> she was good in that. She's good in all these, to be honest with you. Uh, she's really, really fabulous. And we, 
I think the first movie I saw her in is the first movie that she did, you know? And this was <laughs> like because she's a New Zealand actress yeah. and she was she's really best friends with the girl from Mulholland Drive. What's her name? Um Oh God! Ah, uh, damn! It's on the tip of my tongue. She was in King Kong. Na- Naomi Watts. Yeah, yeah, Naomi. Naomi Watts, who's married to Liev Schreiber. Uh, Schreiber, and uh, apparently they came over and together, uh, uh, together from Where New Zealand, it? or was it Australia? <laughs> Shit! Now I'm calling them Kiwis when they probably should be New Zealand. Australians. I think they're Australian. Australian, okay. Uh, so they both came over together, and they were like getting roles almost at the same it's too time. Bad they're both so unattractive to. Her. Yeah, I know. Made, I know. Made it in they Hollywood. had it rough. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife Maria, she's like, "You guys gonna talk about Nicole Kidman's ass the whole time?" <laughs> I said, "There might be a it'll point be, we talk about it. It'll be sporadic. It will be on number six. Yes, wait, it'll definitely all, be number this six. This is all connecting now. Why Dave's favorite is number six. She shows her ass. I'm not really an ass. She guy also either. shows her ass in Cold Mountain. I'm definitely an ass guy, but <laughs> and she does have a nice one. But uh, luckily, she's super talented. You can get you can get my wife in. agrees. She does have a nice one. You can, yeah, I mean she does. She's in shape big time. But if we wanted just a nice ass, we could get him. <laughs> we could go someplace else. Uh, but that first movie, man, is it we her should go right one? into it. It's the first. I'm pretty sure this is her first movie. She might have done some minor, minor B movies before this, but uh, it, it's the first thing what I saw. The, her what in about too. the other guy? Um, uh, well, let's mention the movies. Okay. So, 1989's Deadcom, which we've talked a lot about Sam on Neil? this pod. Sam Neill and Billy Zane. Billy basically, Zane. That, that's, that's the it. Guy. It's like three movie, uh, three actors the right there. Script. Basically, unbelievable script. The uh, the biggest bonehead husband move ever. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, like it, when you're watching it, you're like, it reminds me of that. Kurt I watched Russell. the trailer. It reminds it. me of that Kurt Russell. Absolutely. Movie. Yeah. Breakdown. Breakdown. Yep. Same. Same deal. How you would leave your wife with a complete stranger or in a potentially dangerous yeah. situation? If it's ten percent potentially dangerous, first of all, go together. Go together. Stay together. Yep. Let's take Two our people b- can deal with the situation better than one person yeah. most of the time. But it's also the perfect thing to drive of the course. audience nuts. Yeah, and I mean, and this is a thriller, so what's going on this, and uh, like I said, we've talked about it before, but it, it, it's a phenomenal movie. If you haven't seen it, it's weird. I, I've given Justin a, uh, a couple lots of movies uh, for this quarantine, and I was trying to think of movies that he hadn't seen that we've talked about. And this, and this, was, this was one of them I, I, I'll have to remember because I know that we've talked about this. He's heard us talk about it before, and it's it's a really phenomenal thriller. If you one like of the movie, best. If you like Boat movies, movies on the water. Yeah, it's awesome. It's got that. It's, it's completely on a boat. They're it's, never off the boat. Yep, beginning to end, they're on this boat, and they use that as an element in the uh, maybe the first uh, thriller. It's, it's one of those great kind of screenwriting and director elements that you you put your characters in space. You put them in the yeah. old west where they can't uh, where they can't get away from the house easily, or you put them on the ocean. You well, know, your production manager just gets pissed. Yeah. <laughs> that's the well. Not as much if you're in the desert or probably. Yeah. In the, uh, I mean, in, on, the woods in space, you're like in that. a soundstage. Yeah, soundstage. I mean, <laughs> on the water, really? Why don't we yeah, make no. a period piece on the water, yeah. asshole? Let's, let's put it. Let's do Water World. Yeah. <laughs> let's put it in space instead, dude. We can be on the studio and we can. Yeah. We, we got can go much, down the they street. Got, they got Taco Bell. Down yeah, the street. <laughs> they got Pinkies <laughs> hot dogs right down the street. It'll be cool for all of us. We all agree. We all agree. <laughs> all right, it's in space now. Leper zombie pirates in space. Fucking a. Fuck that water shit. You could be a pirate anywhere. I told. Space I, was telling, I was telling my wife. I said, "We get green screen, man. We'll do our. We'll do puppets in space too. <laughs> I will totally do that." Uh, so what's going on is there. They've decided they. She lost a baby. It, it was a little bit of a. Interesting, there was some. Uh, there was. Story. I think there was some on land stuff at the very. very Yeah, beginning. I think she had a miscarriage. She had a, yeah, and they had a traumatic thing, and they would try and just to. 
distance himself from the world, from get away from it yeah. all. Sounds beautiful. Yeah, and, beautiful until you pick up a stranger uh, who's on like a dinghy, kind of like furious. Can you imagine being out? In, they were out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. To see anyone at all is weird in the first place. In a dinghy. And then someone in a dinghy who's like furiously. Yeah. I mean, he is like intensely rowing towards He them. played that role great. Ah, he was so good. It, it it totally springboarded his career after that. Billy Zane was doing a whole bunch of stuff after that. And then uh, he did, what was it? He did uh, The Phantom and then it was all downhill from there. I liked his role in... <laughs> I loved him in everything. I really. liked his role in Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. He was a good role. A very under uh, kind of appreciated role in <laughs> that movie too. He's a pretty man. Yeah. <laughs> That's the prettiest man I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is he, Billy Zane, in the middle of the ocean. These guys are just on their kind of vacation, getting away from them all. Billy Zane furiously rows over to their uh, their nice boat. It was like a mini yacht. I mean, it was, it was really a, nice. It was a sailboat, yeah. but it was like a cabin, two yeah. cabins, and Und- going a full underneath. Hatch. It's it was... like you're underneath. Yeah. Your, obviously, they're in a soundstage probably uh, when they're underneath. Yeah. But so what happens is he gets onto the boat and he's like. He's he's out of control, kind of manic, and almost to the point where he's about to pass out, and says something horrible happened on my boat. They're all dead. They're all dead. They uh, got some uh, some stomach uh, flu or something like that, and they all died. And they he ends up passing out. They end up putting him in the, one of these rooms, and then Sam Neil locks him in there and says, "I'm going to take the dinghy back there, and I'm going to see what's going on in that boat." First, if everybody died from an infectious disease, it's a bad situation. And then you're and you're gonna leave your wife on this boat with a passed out motherfucker in the room, but it's locked. That's cool. Yeah, and it's got one of them little slip locks. Didn't last long. He leaves the the boat. Billy Zane wakes up, and obviously he's been locked in this room. He wants to know what the fuck, so he's he's like beat. But you also suspect something of him. Yeah, at this point, like he's acting. He's suspicious of the whole fucking movie, man. He he really is, and. And I don't want to uh, to ruin a whole bunch of it because it's it's a very phenomenal thing, but it, it really became this whole different kind of animal once he left. Once he left, it was, you've got the ferocity of Sam Neill trying, because at, at some point, once he gets to that boat and he sees the horror that happened on that boat, he realizes he has to get back to his boat Didn't as quickly as possible. Didn't they have videotape of what happened, too, and he watched it? Yeah, he it. was watching it, kind of like a Vent Horizon yeah, style. Exactly, <laughs> with Sam Neill. Yeah, with Sam Neill. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it back. And, uh, yeah, it, so he's watching, and he's realizing what's going on, and he kind of puts it all together and realizes, not to give too much away, that he needs to get back to the boat. His wife's in danger, mm-hmm. and he can't get back to the boat. He, there's something wrong with uh, the boat that he's on is, like, sinking, and then something happened to his boat, so he can't get it started and he's he's trying to use the radio to uh to connect with nicole kidman and back on their boat billy zane has kind of got out and they're kind of playing this cat and mouse game with each other yeah uh and it's kind of revealing that obviously he is kind of completely unstable to the point where they're chasing each other doesn't he almost try to pretend he's their boyfriend at some point it's very strange you could tell that he has kind of a a break for reality for sure he isn't completely psychopathic he's but he had a break. Yeah, he's not normal. He's a psychopath for sure, at the very least. And he is literally chasing around the boat. She is grabbing like crossbows and trying to shoot at him, locking him in there, escaping from crossbows horrible situations. Or, or those? I mean, she he, he basically rapes her at some point. But he's I remember she's trying to keep him there, so she kind of is pretending to be interested in the whole thing, so she knows that it will buy time for mm-hmm. Sam Neil to get back, and then it, it's exciting as hell, man. It, it's not easy to have a three-person movie that's so exciting in this one location, basically. 
I mean, this was, I don't think she got over her trauma from that trip. No. I don't, I don't think, think that so. trip did much good. I don't think so. Deadcom two is her doing it. Yeah, you know because Deadcom two <laughs> is just her sitting on a beach and, and rocking back and yeah. forth. Uh, hot water burn, baby. Hot water burn, baby. Uh, blue, blue diamond, blue diamond. <laughs> oh god, you went next level with that. That's a deep cut. Hopefully, no one caught because we didn't want to retrigger anyone with that shit. Uh, it was fabulous, though. Great thriller in 1989. We've talked about it before. In 1989, 19 between 89, 89 and 92 is is like the pinnacle year for a husband and wife thrillers they just made so fucking many of them i guess i'd have to say number uh, ni- t- all the way to 93 because number four kind of falls under that too but there was so many like deceived with goldie hahn and john hurd uh kiss before dying with sean young uh they were like so popular for some reason they were fun i ate them up i watched them all in the theater uh this was one i don't think i watched in the theater i think i watched this up north the last year we were up north i watched on hbo what was that great and- one with anthony hopkins anthony hopkins fractured not fractured there was one with him called Fracture. Was it? Uh, he was like killed his wife and was got was getting away with it. Oh wait, 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 wait! Damn, I can't remember what that was. Was that called Fracture? It might have been. It sounds like it. All I can think of is the one where he acted like an animal. That was Instinct, though I think, or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the Anthony Hopkins spot. I don't think they crossed over. <laughs> All right, this next one, and this one kind of changed her life. Some say for the good, some say for the bad. Uh, she didn't stick a- around uh, in this marriage for very long. <laughs> but in 1990, she met Tom Cruise, and they did uh, Days of Thunder together. I loved this movie when it first came out. Oh, and I didn't I remember it in the theater. about yep. auto racing. I remember the just the sounds... The soundtrack was great. Yeah. I bought the soundtrack immediately yeah. after going to the theater and seeing it. Well, it's interesting that you say that, too, because I just uh, had a like a um, um, text conversation with mom who had watched Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And she said at the start she didn't know she was going to like it at all because she really wasn't interested in racing. But they suck you in with that great yeah, man. story, man. Yeah. And they, once you're in with that story, you're like, this is exciting as shit. The cast uh, was uh, great. The Days of Thunder, man, you think. So we've got, um, so we've got Nicole Kidman. Robert Tom, Duvall. Uh, Robert Duvall, Michael Rooker, Ra- Michael Rooker, uh, who Carrie was Elway, awesome. Carrie Elway uh, was awesome. Really, really fabulous uh, in this what, movie. Uh, and this was really even the, John C was in it. John C. Riley, yeah, he was yeah. one of their pit crew. That's right, he was one of the pit crew. Really great. And so this was Tony Scott who had done this movie. He's the and, one that jumped off the bridge. Uh, yeah, he was the Top Gun guy, and he's uh, so you can make great movies and stuff. still be sad and kill yourself. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with it. I know. <laughs> Get yourself looked after. Uh, Days of Thunder, though. This was one of the... I mean, it put NASCAR on the map, really. Was there a NASCAR? I'm sure there was. NASCAR was huge, compartmentalized. Yeah. Like we've... And and down south. Yeah, yeah. When I mean down south, I mean like... like Georgia and North Carolina. Florida. Florida, but... Daytona. I mean, you got to include it. Alabama, Talladega. I mean, all those places. But uh, But remember how big Atlanta Motor Speedway was? Yeah, it was huge. We went to a concert there. Monsters of Rock. was like the second... It was like the second biggest no, 180,000. Yep, it was the second biggest concert of like the 10 year, in, in 10 years. The only other one was Woodstock. Woodstock. Was still going on before, that's when they set all the fires. When they burned all the fires. Burned all the fires. That's hilarious. But it was a huge concert with like 12 of the biggest bands <laughs> in the more. 90s. It, it, close to 12 maybe, but really big bands. The Boston's, Silver Chair, Live, uh, Live Offspring, uh, all those uh, uh, Everlast, uh, Everlast, uh, Third Eye Blind. Yep, Third Eye Blind. Who, who the hell else um, was the, there? The, Eve Six yeah. was there. There was that 
that Damn, one no. band from New Orleans. The New, Radicals New Radicals was part of it. Anyways. I, it was it was awesome, but we, the whole concert was in the center yeah, of the speedway. That's how big that And it was, was massive. They had 180,000 people just in mm. the center, so you can imagine the track itself. I remember we had to walk across the track just to get the bleachers because we were down there. In we the, went to a we were down there in the deep thick. We <laughs> went to a, a minor league race event. Remember Steve Rona growing yeah. up? I remember the car broke down in the practice run. The practice. Yeah. Uh, remember how loud it was? It was so loud. I, I, my that killed it rang. for me. I was yeah. like, I'm not interested in that again. I know a lot of people love it, and they love no, that wear, kind of... We're earplugs. It's still going to be loud. <laughs> Even with earplugs, I don't think I could deal with it. Yeah. It's much better on TV, especially in the old days. It wasn't good at all on TV, but people still watched it. But today, at least they have those ongoing stats and the multiple in, cameras. They have in-car cameras, In-car cameras. I, yeah. If I was into it, I would be into it now, for sure, because back in the day it was just you were relying it's on not the as cool as the, the the street racing in Monaco, morocco oh yeah, yeah because they have to come there's a lot more yeah. strategy you should borrow that game that i have in there that uh gran turismo uh three where you can uh build your car you and go on the actual the you hear a sheep i don't hear a sheep i yeah. hear sheep i i think you're just so used to being on the farm <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should borrow that racing game man you build your own car it's fucking awesome uh, but this was an exciting movie, man, and this is definitely when they met for the first time. She got married. Apparently, the Scientology thing didn't uh, work well for her, so she got the fuck out, which was the smartest decision she ever made. Have you seen that going clear do- uh, documentary? You might have to cut the Scientology stuff out. Oh shit, man! They have lawyers. <laughs> they got lawyers. They have. That's all they do. That would be funny. That we've used so many clips and no one has come at us yet, and that's the and people that's the that do one. it. You make one mention of Scientology to get knock on Tom the door, Cruise sir. Sir, Scientology search engine. You have to pull. You can have to pull that shit out yeah. <laughs> he's, he's crazy shit man i i listened to uh leah remney on the joe rogan pod then i went back aliens and thetans ah and... come on you're not supposed to even know about that until you get to level seven <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem it got out uh, that going clear documentary on hbo is fucking eye-opening and just absolutely ridiculous i wonder really how many funny. lawsuits they faced when it first came out god man it's crazy there's no one that watches that documentary doesn't uh, realize this is crazy as shit but anyways i mean they fell in love they did a few movies together i mean they did three movies together for sure uh, uh so i guess you, I, they must have been together for a while I'm, did yeah. they have kids together they must have had kids together so. right no no was the first baby that she had he had was with uh, uh katie holmes i guess that uh siri one yeah i think so huh interesting but they had good chemistry on uh i'm not the He's biggest film in space to hear that yeah <laughs> I did hear that. If anyone was going to do it. It's weird. I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, but I do like Tom Cruise's movies. You know? I do. It's, I, it's I don't weird. I mind him. He's an asshole. Like, so I think he got better with his acting. He he realized that the less he talked... He's a little bit over the top. Yeah, the less I think he the talks, less he talked, the better. Because if you watch him, and, and it's not a movie I really love, but Oblivion, you could at least watch him going around making decisions and experimenting with things and not doing a whole lot of talking because he was by himself. And the same with uh, the, a lot of the Mission Impossible stuff. It's it's when he tries to, like, and we'll jump to it next, but... That, uh, that one movie he does with Carl Farrell. It's one of my favorite movies uh, with Colin Farrell. Oh yeah, that was my earlier yeah, point. Well, that that was the this the thing, man. With a good script and a great director, I don't care who it is, they're gonna they're gonna nail it. I always imagine Tom Cruise's character as being exactly in real life like his character when he was that asshole motivational speaker in that one movie. Oh yeah, he's gonna and kick the, the dog. Master. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, uh, Nutmaster. Uh, what the hell you call it? Uh, Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone in Oscar? Kick that those fucking dogs. <laughs> That's exactly what I pitched Tom Cruise to be. He's probably not. Most Scientologists are sweet as hell because they have to be. <laughs> but to go back to Days of Thunder one last time. Uh, if, we didn't even talk about the movie yet. I, I, I know, man. It, 
it was basically what you thought it was. It, you know, you've got an up and coming racer who's really great, and then kind of has no discipline. He's got no discipline, and he, then he, it takes a, a team, and it takes Robert Duvall, and it takes Nicole Kidman to kind what of. What I like about that is what I often. Fred Thompson did a good role in that. Remember when he's like, you guys are going to come to dinner with us and you're going to ride together. And remember they're in the car and he's like, there's no way that we're going to go to dinner together. Yeah. And then they do the rental car and then they have that race in the street. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. smash it against them oh, and yeah. they're racing on the beach and it's that a was crazy fun. montage. Yeah. My, my favorite aspect of this is often what I feel like, like I, I did BMX when I was a kid and I had that big wreck. I never did it again. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. Yeah, I think I would be that like, way with a lot of these, yeah. a lot of these like people. How would you that could do go stuff? back to, well, how could you survive? Yeah. The, so there's a huge crash with his rival in the middle of this movie. And the, he, that's why he has to go see yeah. Nicole Kidman because Nicole Kidman is the doctor. That's right. She's she like a, yeah, okay. And so he, she, he has brain damage yeah. and he wants to just get back on the track. But he's physically able to get back on the track, but they, they don't think he mentally mentally can yeah. do it. Yeah. And and it had this great scene with him and Robert Duvall, him trying to talk. Robert, Robert Duvall, Duvall was so good. He had already been there, good. He's like, if you go back on that track, you will die. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise flips it around. And he's like, because Robert Duvall had a driver die before. He's like, yeah. He's like, and blaming it on the faulty car setup with carbon monoxide. He's like, he's jabbing on the radio the moment he hit that wall. Yeah. And it was a. It had a lot of powerful scenes. The music was great. The sound editing was awesome. Yeah, I can't recommend it. You don't have to be a NASCAR fan at no, all. No, that's what you good can about see it. how popular NASCAR is. Watch the fans. They probably did a lot of fan. You can't put oh yeah a hundred thousand extras. So they probably went to a bunch of races and just did like crowd shots. Yeah, I mean this was one of those movies that if uh, you can you can name the sport and name the top three movies that are done for that sport. And this was for na- what uh, NASCAR's kind of uh, best yeah. movie was Days of Thunder. It really was. Yep. I mean, they've done really great ones. Or, or uh, uh, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Bobby. I mean, it did have a lot of the uh, the feeling. You ever drive with a cougar? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. And this is the one that, you know, it was a great story, man. And it was a really uh, You're right. epic, it is epic. very Gangs of New York. It is very Gangs of New York. And this is 1992's Far and Away, directed by the phenomenal Ron Howard. And it, it was a huge movie for both of these guys, for both Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman was a lot more believable with that accent to, than Tom Cruise was to me. That was the only downside <laughs> to me. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, but it, it didn't was like, detract away from the but movie. But you're, you're watching it, and you don't believe it as completely as you do with uh, Nicole Kidman. And this was a very interesting story. So it, we're dealing with, at the very beginning, it was in Ireland, you know, and, and it was about people kind of... Uh, taking people's land from them and that's yeah. what kind of the Tom Cruise character came with is he thought his family was wronged Nicole Kidman's father stole his family's land and he went there to kill them it was that great scene where you gotta get a better she, gun. oh man that great scene <laughs> where she stabs Tom Cruise oh. in the leg with the fucking pitchfork yeah, man. and he looks down and I, I love that she look was on his surprised face. just he's as like, much what? as he was yeah he's like <laughs> what the hell <laughs> Like that's an overreaction, and then he like pulls it out of his leg and stumbles out, and uh, the great Robert Prowski plays her dad. Remember, he he's he's gonna shoot him. Oh, I yeah. mean, he gets it off and yeah. it backfires, and, and the gun that's like backfires, with those, right? Those old black powder rifles, yeah, and it just blows work. up in Tom Cruise's head. Yeah. And the, instead of the, having him hung, they the father kind of... turns the other cheek and says, "All right." You know, we'll uh, we'll nurse you back to health. Call it even. You'll call it even. We'll nurse you back to health, which is always a dangerous thing. But you don't know if he's going to get he's out. He's going to hang me when I'm healthy. Yeah. <laughs> or, or for Robert Prowski sleeping, you don't know if Tom Cruise is going to get healed and fucking kill you again. Exactly. He tried to shoot at you once. He sees, but so this is funny because going through this list, I like 
I like some of the movies where she plays a bitch. A bitch. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. <laughs> she plays a like, really I great Like, I normally bitch, wouldn't like that. Yeah. But I do like it with her. Yeah. She's really good. Some people do it really oh, well, dude. She would be one of those. Yeah. If she was your girlfriend, she could you have you banging your head against the wall. If she, if she was <laughs> really acting like the characters that yeah. she does in some of these movies. Well, she was kind of a, it was different types of bitch, too. Like, the next one, she was just a maniacal kind of uh, crazy, crazy, uncontrolled un- bitch. She was driven. Yeah, that's true. These like, these three really are. Or four. Even four. Yeah. <laughs> Number six, man. <laughs> the next four movies, she was really showing how much of a uh, kind of bitch she could She's play. Like, and she did I don't want to so be well. the sweet... I don't want to be the sweet neurologist or well, the sweet damsel in distress. She, she got it, you know, because that I—that's what all actors say, you know. When they give you that phone call that they want you for a movie, you got to think of what the last yeah. two roles I did because that's what they're looking for. And unfortunately, well, with Far and Away, she was just huge, and Ron Howard saw her talent, but she she played just an entitled rich bitch, basically. Mm-hmm. And but she looked to down on her own. Yeah, but she looked down on Tom Cruise oh, that yeah. whole fucking movie, basically. You can be my servant, basically. man. Yeah, you'll be my servant. <laughs> okay. So basically, me, my servant. He, she uses him to help her get out of the house and yeah. go to New York. She thinks, or, or is it Chicago? Is it uh, I want to say Chicago. Yeah. No. Is it yeah. New? Well, they go to Kansas eventually, but... Okay. Uh, so... Wh- I think it's Chicago. I think it's Chicago also. And, and it's, what you don't know about this movie, it turns out to be a really cool movie about bare-knuckle boxing. Yeah, it... It's got so many different parts to this movie. So the very beginning, it's like a whole different movie than it is 20 minutes into it. So once they leave the house and they show up in New York, that's where it really feels like Gangs of New York. We'll call it New York. This, this horrible, yeah, well, you, it at least feels like Gangs of New York, even if it's Gangs of Chicago. And <laughs> it's, it's same all time the, period. It's all the different, yeah, same time period. You've you've got the different kind of class systems. You've also got the different kind of, uh, you got the Irish and the Italians yeah. and the uh, uh, the Polish people. And they, they're all fighting and they're all trying to scrap to make a buck. And they... They come over there with nothing, basically, you know, when they have to try to make it work. And I think he gets in a fight at a bar one night, and then that great actor from uh, Hell on Wheels oh, kind of yeah. sees Ooh. him, uh, sees him fight. He plays that same character. Uh, he plays a scumbag, man. I love him. He's another guy who plays a scumbag really well. I've seen him play good guy in th- roles before. It's just not as it's not as rewarding. He was probably as... in Gangs of New York too. <laughs> he could have been. And uh, so he gets Tom Cruise kind of bare knuckling boxing, and they're pulling in all sorts of money. And she, they end up having this real tension between because she wants to become one of the showgirls so she can make money, and he gets jealous and. Uh, then they move on from there, you know, and it ultimately comes down to a really great moment where a really great moment in history too, when they were those all claiming those those yeah. land auction kind of grabs or they where, just wanted people to move out west. So yeah. what they said they is they were hey, giving sixty it was like 160, 160, 160 acres. acres. They were giving you know how much hundred and sixty acres is? It's hundred and sixty acres is sixteen of my properties. That together. is insane. That is insane that they were just and that's what she she had the flyer and she was showing it and yeah. that, that and she was taunting him. She was taunting him. Can't you read can't you read boy i was like god damn it man it's hard to like her but it, he broke her down remember like when he threw her in the tub at that one point which is like funny. can you can you say which you is like funny. My when that scene, or my suit when that scene came up the only thing i could think of is that's a pretty big stunt for her oh yeah that was a narrow tub and he flung oh yeah, yeah. unless she was a stunt woman yeah he flung unless it was a stunt woman and they cut real quick maybe but i doubt but it i think they he probably... picked her up in one shot and they showed it from over his shoulder and it's like 
she he heaves her into that big metal vest like tubs too it's scary but uh they eventually fell in love and had that great scene where they were rushing and i i joke a lot with my uh, guy who works at the uh the route with me when we used to get pallets of papers and everyone's sitting there for an hour waiting to get theirs and everyone comes and flies at the pallet and all the papers go flying and everything Mm -hmm. and he was like this is like that far and away moment i used to laugh uh, because i was the only one around him and knew what he knew what he was talking about but yeah that land claim kind of thing which made it really exciting it was a good epic movie movie you know and ron howard didn't do a whole lot of those certainly not in 1992 so it was probably his first uh, it's funny you um mentioned ron howard there's a you would like this if you ever wanted to like i'm a big fan of knowledge I'm not sure if you are <laughs> i love knowledge but there's a website <laughs> called Masterclass. yeah well i've heard of Masterclass. he yeah, does yeah. one for yeah. directing a lot of two people do them and Natalie Portman does one for acting. There's yeah. chefs doing... It, it, he does one for acting or directing? Directing. Okay, yeah. And he sets a whole scene up, and you get to see him yeah. talking to each actor and going through lines Just and saying, no, go back yeah. to him. Like, use that energy. When he comes at you and says this, like, take it and and try to convince him by your yeah. movements. Could have used that shit 10 years ago. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it's it's also, if you if you have that kind of, you know what you nice want. It's nice to know mindsets of other yeah, people. Yeah, it is. It is. It, I, I think some directors, you can tell that just instinctually have it. Like Tarantino. You know, Tarantino. Yeah. M- most people's first film isn't Reservoir Dogs, you know. So when you get in there and you can, like, can just nail it like that. I think a lot of really good directors can do that stuff. But, uh, but he's Ron Howard specifically is from the Roger Corman uh, school of directing and acting. So uh, I love hearing he, him talk he, about Roger Corman. Oh, so fun, man! He's like, I hate Roger Corman. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it, but he hates it. I know. Uh, <laughs> all right, this next movie, this is, falls into that husband and wife thriller movie, and this was a great movie. I remember seeing this in the theater with my uh, my friend Ed back in 93. I was awesome. like a, I was like a awesome, junior awesome. in high school, and this was uh, Malice. A lot of people don't know about Malice, man. This was one also of, big when Bill Pullman was still like huge actor at the time, yeah. man. And, and one of Alec Baldwin. One of Alec Baldwin's oh, man, you, you ever see a clip thing of Alec Baldwin, you always see the uh, Glengarry Glen Ross speech. I'm God. And then you always see I'm God speech from yeah. Malice. And it's really the big famous thing for him. <laughs> if you're looking for God on that day, he was in <laughs> OR room number two. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he was so good. Alec Baldwin was super confident in this movie. And you didn't realize how kind of kind of brutal and vicious Nicole Kidman was until about halfway through the movie. There's a lot of twists and turns in this, so we're not going to give everything away, but everything is not what it seems for sure. And I think at the very beginning, it was... Uh, so you've got... Um, was her mother, the old lady? Was She's a famous old Yeah, Anne Bancroft. Anne Bancroft. Yep, from uh, The Graduate. Yeah, she was yeah. great. She's like, welcome to the game, boy. <laughs> when she get, when and that was another really famous thing to do in those '90s thrillers. Yeah. The husband goes back and visits the mom or the who grandmother. Who he thought was dead. Who he thought was dead. They gave him a very we, big, different insight into his wife. We than, could seriously do an entire pod just on that subject of yeah. uh, of that thing because it had been done so many times and. We forgave it every time because it was all in the five, ten-year period. And you would think we would be like, all right, we just saw this in Deceived. We just saw this in The Kiss Before Dying. I mean, Sometimes you go back to the old roommate or the old friend that hasn't talked to them forever, but it's like the same thing. Uh, but, but it was really good when it kind of 
the layers started peeling off of this movie because it started just with the husband and wife. You know, they she was unable to have or she, she was able to have kids, and then she got uh, she was having problems with her reproductive uh, system. They were uh, having infertility issues, uh, so but she was she also was, having pains. And remember, she was putting off getting checked at. And, and Alec Baldwin says, "If it ever gets real bad, you call me and everything." And she ends up getting like real bad one night. She had a ruptured. Cyst. Uh, she had like a ruptured cyst or something. And then Alec Baldwin had just become friends with the couple, you know, mm-hmm. and he was this high, uh, high hot shot, hot shot surgeon, surgeon you know, he's so mass much. general. Yep. And, uh, takes him in and he has to make a decision to take out her reproductive system. Uh, and it, it wasn't done right. Remember the other doctors are freaking out. They were like, you can't be taking it out. She could still have one viable ovary and she could still give kids, have kids. And he's like, I have to make this decision. And uh, this is the decision I'm making. And then it turns out to be the wrong decision. And, uh, he fucked up. And he, he did. So have, you think? Uh, yeah. So you think? <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. There's so many twists and turns in this. So then it becomes like a lawsuit uh, for Bill Pullman and Natalie, oh, Natalie, uh, Nicole Kidman, against Alec Baldwin, saying, "Hey, you were at the bar." You no, were- it's the insurance company against. Um, yeah, Bill Pullman you- wasn't really even going to get anything. Well, Nicole Kidman was for sure. Yeah, she oh, yeah. was sitting there at that yeah. table during the whole thing and saying that you've destroyed my life and you have to, you're going to pay and this and that. And then right when you think you, you know. Really what's happening this, how great this no, movie is without no we, we won't we won't ruin it and uh but we'll leave it at that it's, it's any more than that you're yeah you're crossing into Mercy bill pullman starts unveiling little details that not he everything goes from being a pushed around husband that ends up all right i'm gonna find out what the fuck is going oh yeah on. and he starts playing oh he playing you know games a great man. role is uh you don't see her very often but the the girl from cheers I had a crush oh, on yeah, her. Oh, yeah, Baby Newworth. Yeah. Yeah, Baby Newworth was great in this. I like her. She was great in uh, Tadpole. Yeah, That's, she was awesome She in was Tadpole. great in Tadpole. <laughs> she had been gone for a long time until she came back and did that little indie flick Tadpole. It was really good with, uh, what, Sigourney Weaver? She was in that? Yeah, and uh, yeah. what's his name? The kid from, uh, he was in one of the X-Men movies. Uh, Aaron Stamfield, yeah. I think. Stamford? Something like that. Makes his name was Aaron. I know that. He makes an impression. Uh, all right. <laughs> this next one, uh, number five here, and this is one of my favorites. <laughs> Definitely on my top five or uh, two or three probably even uh of my nicole kidman movies is gus van zandt's to die for 1995 crackle fuck you oh man crackle snatched it out for me man i watched half of it one day and then the next oh, yeah. day i went to go watch the end i know i've seen it 10 times so yeah it's not matter but they took it like that's the first time i've ever had a movie leave a platform that i was in the middle of yeah and didn't realize it I've sometimes had, they give you a heads up but they won't do it for i had it appear i had the opposite like i was i was about to buy cold mountain to rent because i've oh, also seen it like four or five times but i wanted to refresh my memory and then for the hell of it right before i rented i checked hbo and it had just it's like may 6th right now 7th right now and it had come into the month of may on hbo and i was like yes <laughs> so i was super excited <laughs> yeah i saved it it was like th- Four bucks, man. Uh, but to die for, uh, I loved it, man. This was a different type of movie, man, and it really showed. Gus Van Zandt's always been because that kind of, of weird director because he told a lot of the story. Exactly. Interviews. And if you're fans of like, uh, have you seen I Tonya yet? I have not. Oh man, I lent it to mom. So after I get back from her, I'll lend you it. And it has that same thing. It's them talking in interviews. Now I, I think through I've the whole thing. It. I think I saw a little bit of it. Maybe. You saw a little bit of it? Maybe. How's that possible? <laughs> you didn't see it the whole It might have been on a platform. Oh, uh, maybe. It uh, it's it's phenomenal, and it has it's, the uh, same type of the, feel. The really uh, Margot Robbie yeah. uh, is in it. And it's, the, it's that uh, Tanya Harding movie, but a lot of that's told through the interviews and everything, and it just makes it funny. It's not like... 
there's a huge satirical kind of thing to that movie and to To Die For. I mean, you're watching it and it's it's a comedy, but it's also a thriller so, and it's ridiculous <laughs> and it has a huge all star cast. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix when he was doing yep. all those creepy movies where yep. he was just. Matt I'm, Dillon. I'm playing that creepy kid, Matt Dillon, who was, I don't know if he had name. done a whole lot. up. In, he was a Gus Van Zandt guy, yeah. because you remember he Drug had Store done uh, uh, Drugstore Cowboy, and uh, there was another Gus Van Zandt movie. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Keanu Reeves in that uh, the one with him and River. But he was definitely familiar with Drugstore Cowboy, obviously one of Gus Van Zandt's biggest films, so he was familiar enough with... Uh, uh, with Matt Dillon, one of my favorite act- uh, actors in the uh, movie was uh, Eliana Douglas, who played his sister. sister. Oh yeah! Oh my God! You know what? She I, is so great in this movie. Do you remember the very ending? The very, very end. Thing? I remember with the ice. And she's skating yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> That's all we'll say about that. But her skating on the yeah, ice uh-huh. at the end and smiling and going yeah. up towards the camera and back is one of my ultimate favorite endings to any movie. <laughs> it's so great when you sit down and you think about what's happening. And it's not overt either. You, you know, it, they're not spoon yeah. feeding mm-hmm. it to you. You're watching it and, you're, and it suddenly clicks it, to you it, what's happening. It's, um, it's loosely based on the Pamela Smart. Yeah. From that. Uh, yeah. And if you're familiar, and we, we could a, tell that she was a teacher yep. in, the, in the real version of yeah. this but in this one she's in this a weather, one she was a weather girl a driven, who had a driven uh, weather aspirations she to wanted greatness. to be but she was almost almost like it's almost the level of ridiculousness that uh like that one god chris that uh, bale movie oh like uh, american killer. psycho yeah, yeah yeah like she's like i must do this and, if i want to be like barbara walters yeah. and it's like she didn't give. She a does shit. a lot of those white screen talk to the camera things, which was yeah. very, very yeah, yeah. good. And she says Red that Forman great line. Uh, who's this? Oh Red yeah, Red Foreman. Yeah, played my her boy father from uh, Aliens. Yep, Dan Henja. Uh, Penja. Dan Henja uh, was in it and uh, had that great line. And in America, if you're not on TV, then you're nobody or something yeah. like that. And that's what she thought. And basically, like you said, with the Pamela Smart thing, so she. She was the weather girl, and she was she was working for a guy that just let her oh, go and that's uh, just <laughs> going to get me. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't they know how me. Marty, but they did. They found me. <laughs> Tom Cruise is repels from a helicopter yeah. above sure. us. <laughs> Black helicopters everywhere. <laughs> Retract, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> all right, but uh, so she ends up doing this thing where she's going to the school, the local high school, to do a story, and she ends she's up doing tiny little stories. Newman just was tiny in this little too, stories. Remember? Yep, and Newman was, she was ready. To, <laughs> she was ready to have sex with Newman. With Newman, man, she shows up with that letter. Remember that yep. one person told her the joke about the letter? Yeah, about taking it to him and saying that she didn't know who wrote the letter, but it was a recommendation, yep. and then the recommendation said she'd suck. Yeah. suck you off but she actually wrote it <laughs> yeah. she was gonna give it to newman but he yeah. gave her the job anyways that's funny man <laughs> and so when she went to the school she dug up like basically the three kind of losers who d- weren't fitting into any other cliques that agreed to talk to her and be interviewed uh, of a story that she was doing about uh teenagers and life in high school and everything and what she basically did is she ended up uh Befriending them. Kind of befriending them at first and then uh, having sex with Joaquin Phoenix to the point where he, she had him so wrapped around her finger that they were like, you know, you could take care of my husband, very, like you said, very Pamela Smart, and you take care of my very husband Wayne's and I'll World, be here very for Very Wayne's you. World too. Yeah, yeah, very Wayne's World. <laughs> is it Wayne's World too? Oh, Wayne's World too. yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Garth is like, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a, a dead what's her man. Name? He's a dead man. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it, it's, it's been done before. What was the other one? Not the Pamela Smart, but what was the the Amy Fisher? Amy same Fisher. same thing with Amy Fisher. You know, yeah, that older kind of uh, experienced uh, adult kind of just befriends. I'm that, sure we could spend a whole pod uh, just naming God, real man. people off that have but, tried to have their shit new, real life. Younger, for sure. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, real life. I'm, there's a case happening right now, and it goes exactly how you would think it would go. But the the, the funny part is, is, I mean, you don't know who you're. Uh, Matt da- uh, Matt Dillon's family was connected, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. you, you you take on the wrong family, you, and it's obvious when things are not an accident when they say they are. There's a lot of twists and turns in this movie too, man. But she was brilliant in this. Who was the the girl, the teenage girl that hung out? She was with great. Him? She was great. She in this was movie. really. Yeah. I'm not sure movie. who she was when she went on to do. I'm sure when I watched it recently, I looked her up, but I, nothing. It's not I remember with me. The, when I would hang out with Ed. Who's the other guy? The other guy was uh, 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 Affleck's brother, yeah. mm-hmm. Casey, Casey Affleck. Was the other brother? Yeah. Because I remember growing up, and uh, with with member Ed mm-hmm. from Foxborough. Oh yeah, we hung out. We hung out with a bunch of his band friends. Yeah, and then there was two middle-aged women that would hang out with us. Weird. That we would go over their house and they'd give. No. They'd give us. They would. I didn't drink, but they would give everybody alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I swear that one of Ed's friends was like having sex with her. Yeah. And, and it was this weird kind of dynamic. It reminded me a lot of that yeah. relationship. There's always like that. And I, me and uh, when I worked at the uh, that land and sea warehouse, we, uh, me and uh, when me and my friend Joe and my friend Brian all worked at that, uh, it's like a marine warehouse where we pulled uh, stock and put them in boxes and shipped them. We worked with a couple old like 50 year old bar flies that had us over the house all the time just to hang out and drink. They loved just partying and everything. And they were just like old bar flies from Port Charlotte and they loved it. And uh, I, I don't know what was going on with them with everybody else, but I, I can guarantee you that if any of the younger guys uh, were up for it, they would have been because they were just kind of, eh, they were they were pretty <laughs> loose with what uh, they thought was, uh, I mean, we were all of age, though. That's the difference there. We were in our tw- early yeah, 20s. and the, We were in our early 20s, and they were in their 50s, so it would have been all right. But, yeah, these kids, uh, when your brains are not fully developed till you're 25, and then you just come in and you these people think they don't look past the next five years, and sure, I'll, yeah. I'll kill this guy. No big deal you want him he's dead (laughs) fabulous movie though and it's one of those movies that it's you almost have to tell it as a satire you know and that's what i thought with the tanya harding thing it was so ridiculous that telling it from as a satire was absolutely brilliant person i loved in the i tanya movie more than anything well not only was mara roby amazing and so was uh, sebastian stan who played the crazy boyfriend but paul (laughs) uh, uh, paul walker hauser who played Played the the, friend the bodyguard the 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 the, the fat kind of uh guy yeah he was the same guy from black clans he's the one that hit and uh he's from black clans he plays richard jewel in the richard jewel movie Movie and he's so good uh, right now and he, he was so good in that movie man he, that, such a great movie everyone should definitely check that out all right number six it's my zit in my how does this movie 20? start <laughs> Nicole Kidman's ass first ten seconds first shot you know Stanley Kubrick's like uh, he's uh, a pervert <laughs> he's a pervert yeah well I mean I like him but but he, it was all for imagery with him he was a photographer you know and he, he, is, he was good for a, he uh, thinks of the nude body as a work of art yeah. He was an artist. I'm sure. More than most no, directors, Stanley Kubrick was, was, an, was an artist. Well, pervert or just kind of... <laughs> One man's pervert is another man's artist. Or, or just respected the female body. So yeah. we'll, we'll go with that. He's not here to defend himself. Uh, and masterpiece director who directed these two guys for about a year and a half. I thought and, it was like four years. I thought he was just uh, like finishing. It might have been more than a year and a half. It might have been two years or something like that. Don't join a 
Kubrick production. That, if you don't, you're not aware that there's no end date. You're not going to look at the script and said shooting schedule starts uh, and ends on a certain date. Eyes Wide Shut took longer than three Lord of the Rings films. I think it to took. To um, film. I think it took two months to get that that one staircase shot yeah. at the party. I'm telling you, and we've talked about this before, especially in our Stanley Kubrick pod, that he will do 60, 70 takes until he finds what he's looking for. And he doesn't know what he's looking for until he sees it. And, uh, and you're going to have to give him different <laughs> stuff, so you're going to have to do this. And uh, I remember this he died right before this movie was even released. And we talk about before that Tom Cruise had to come to him and, and say, Stanley, I need to know when this movie's going to end. Did the I, other director that had an acting role in this? Remember? Oh, uh, yeah, Sidney Pollack. Yeah, he yeah. was great. That was so fabulous. His character was great. I, I love this movie. movie. A lot of people dismiss wide, Eyes Wide Shut because they I thought it was it. just some weird kind of... Uh, there was a lot of build-up to this movie, you know, and I think that's what happened when it when it came out that, oh my God, what is this movie about? Remember, they were keeping it secret. You didn't yeah. know what Eyes mm-hmm. Wide Shut was. I remember watching the trailers and you were just watching her in front of the mirror and Tom Cruise came behind her with his shirt off and you were like, all right, this is some weird, sexy thriller with something going on. And it's then a, when it was it's released... A punchline, a lot of comedic jokes now. Yeah, yeah. Punch, yeah. Someone will say, man, and we showed up at that party, like that Eyes Wide Shut party. Yeah, and, it, and mm-hmm. this basically what is it? It's it's about a troubled marriage and what the, the husband comes across this secret sex cult that that uh, cult uh, secret sex parties that happened in it had, town. They had a cult it did have a cult element to, el- element to it for sure. People weren't masked. You weren't, didn't know if you were like you were chilling with the mayor next to you or you didn't weren't or the yeah. governor or the I president. Mean, rich and powerful people want to do yep. debaucherous stuff but they don't want you to know about it. Yep. So and so they and the idea that they have these parties, I'm sure is shit. Oh, I'm sure. I yeah, guarantee they do. I had one of those parties. <laughs> It's on a lower level. <laughs> Why isn't anyone showing up? We wear hoodies, but not masks. <laughs> we wear hoodies. Uh, we wear hoodies and boxers, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you needed secret words to get into the clubs, and then once it got in there, and it, it was tense. You know, They made it a lot more tense than you would think that it would be, too, once you were looking into it, and you... You you got to see that some people were disappearing and uh, and getting murdered over this kind of thing, but they weren't showing you that. You were just hearing it. You d- you heard a lot of it was was all of it from Tom Cruise's perspective, basically. Yeah, I think the whole movie was Tom Cruise's perspective. And he was trying to get back. Remember, they kept doing those flashbacks about Nicole Kidman getting having sex with the Navy officer. Yeah, well, officer. that was that's where the tension that came in. That he Years could not ago, get, over it. get over it. And I got I understand it. I don't know who was yeah. the their uh, their daughter is famous now. Oh, in the movie? Yeah, the one that played her Who daughter. Who played that, the daughter in the movie? That super smart redhead. She was also in uh, one of the Harrison Ford um, oh, well, yeah, movies yeah. when he she was, uh, played Tora uh, Jack Birch. Ryan. I think Tora Birch. She was the girl from American uh, Beauty, right? Maybe. Uh, the one that, that yeah. was in the relationship with the guy with the bag that floated. Yeah, yeah, Not Mira Sibrian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, she ended up being, she did a lot. She was in, uh, damn, what that, I think she was the girl from Hocus Pocus. Damn, damn. that creepy second story line in this movie where he went to buy the costume in New York City. Oh, the guy from Snatch. The hatchet. The guy was... Harry the hatchet. Yeah, was hatchet it Harry or? Snatch, right? It wasn't Lockstock. Yeah, it was Snatch. Snatch. It was the one they couldn't yeah, kill. He's the one they couldn't get. <laughs> he couldn't be killed. He kept shooting him. <laughs> it was also from The Saint. He was yep. the guy from The Saint. He was really good, but it was a weird scene. And I mean, that was Stanley, was, though. You know, it he, was that a underage weird... girl. She's famous now. Yeah, too. she she was a model back then too. And uh, 
I, she has. I don't know what she has done recently. She had. She's definitely been an actor in several things, but she didn't become a big actor more than she was kind of a child uh, model. And they used her, and it was a very weird, uncomfortable. What the hell is going sex, on here? Scene. Sex slave. It, it was just another way of Stanley showing a different type of underground thing happening. That's like the lower level of you know the very yeah. prestigious mm-hmm. people are having parties here at mansions and, with Bentleys, and and then there's other people that are just working at secondary stores, like pimping their daughters out to Chinese business. Businessmen, which yeah. is basically what happened, basically and Tom Cruise just happened to be unlucky to be exposed to both of them. So it was a very intense movie, and it's one of those movies that you can watch over and over again, find different things uh, interesting about it. And uh, should have known not to smoke pot together. Uh, yeah, well, that, that was, was the, the catalyst. <laughs> you can't they hold got, your shit. That is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> they got high together and they started giving each other shit, which is like that's not what that's drugs intended for oh it's true too he would they had that whole there was a good 10 minute scene yeah. where you could see her change yeah. like in the and then she starts in the mocking front of him. you don't mock someone's masculinity and then he left the house and that's kind of where yeah. the whole thing kind of took him from there it was kind of cool because he went to this bar and he ran into his his the piano player remember yep, they went the to med player. school together the piano player dropped out and that's I've seen where this movie but that was the, that was the catalyst too he told him about weird stuff happening and tom cruise i need it i need one this. of my favorite scenes is when they both go to the party they get all glammed up yep. and they go to that party and that mikado montaban looking motherfucker tries to pick up nicole kidman yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, at the very beginning yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 and then he goes off with these two supermodels yeah. and they're like do you want to go with the rainbow end <laughs> yeah. he's like where's the rainbow end he's like we have to show you and i mean like two models it was a crazy and that's scene. when they that's when sydney pollock Remember, comes and grabs him yeah, yeah. and takes him upstairs, and he's got this overdose woman yep. that had done heroin yep. on the ground, and he like takes care of her. Yeah, and now, she turns out to be the one that helps him at helps the party. Him in the party. Yeah. And then Sidney Pollock has that great scene at the pool table yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great scenes, man. And Nicole Kidman too. She she had to play like an intricate role, and she was the one element that you you that wasn't concrete and you didn't know how she was involved in the whole situation other than being the distraught wife because you know at the we're not going to reveal the ending but there was there was endings that threw in the question was she at the party was she not at the party did she know people at the party it was and I, I love movies that are like left open like that and I know she, there are a lot of the people way, that the don't. way she did that ending she left little explanation to yep. Tom Cruise yep so you're either gonna live with it, what mine's going fucking on? Fucking somebody's almost as bad as <laughs> yeah, physically fucking them, fucking them over. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mine fucking physically fucking or uh, or financially. <laughs> I think and, I'd, I think I'd take yeah, I, I, physic financially would make me the angriest. <laughs> I but I, think I wouldn't mind mental fucking, either. I wouldn't yeah. want mental. <laughs> All right, this next one. This one was fun, man. And this one I saw. Don't remember this theater. one a whole lot. Uh, well, I'll help you with it because and I. I don't own it, but I did own it for a while. I, must, I, I saw binged, it when it first came out. I binged a lot of my DVDs at some point, and now I'm getting them all back. And I've I just passed 1900, so I'm at like 1900 You're coming and like up 10 on now. the big on the big two uh, K two K yeah. But uh, this was one that I watched. I think I saw it in the theater twice because I thought it was so fun. And I'm not normally a musical guy. There are certain musicals I love. Sweeney Todd, great musical. Uh, I'm sure there's four or five I could uh, really pick out if I thought about it. But Moulin Rouge was one of them that you're watching it. And there is some difficult musical numbers in it. There's some, a, there's some romantic it's a musical. stuff, but there was a lot of fun stuff. Lot this of was Baz Luhrmann, who Baz Luhrmann is famous for that Romeo and Juliet. He takes a Lerman. he takes some Baz Luhrmann. Uh, Baz Luhrmann, yeah. Luhrmann or Lyman? Lyman. I, I think Lerman. I don't think there's an R in it. Maybe there is. I don't know. Baz. Baz. Let's just call him Baz. So he is known for this types of movie. He did the Great Gatsby, which had musical yeah. numbers into it. Had he Romeo uses, and Juliet. A lot too. Uh, Ethan, um, the, who's this? 
guy from Trainspotting. Oh, well, he's in this. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. So we've got Ewan McGregor in this. Who else was great is John Lacazama was really yeah. funny in this. So John it C. takes place, I John think. John C. in this one, too? No. He was in Chicago, which That's was not the musical. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was another one that was pretty good. Uh, but this, the, the most of the musical numbers, well, one of my favorite persons in this movie, and it's the first thing I had seen him in. Oh, and I can't, I'm not sure I can remember his name, but it's the guy from uh, Gangs in New York. The law must always look like it's being, uh, <laughs> yeah, especially, hell, especially when it's being broken. broken. He was really great. He was like the ringmaster of uh, everything that Bruce, uh, he's going Tammany, on. Tam, Tammany Hall yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's going on? It's like the turn of the century. It's like 1800s about to become 1900s, the roaring 1900s in Paris at the Moulin Rouge when I've the been, club was, I've been when the the club was kicking. I've been, I didn't go inside. Yeah. But I think I now in, it's only like a tourist joke. When I was in Paris, we went. Yeah. Didn't your girlfriend at the time say, no, we're not going there? Yeah. Type of thing. Just like, she, she scoffed at going to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. She's so, like, pfft. Yeah, I mean, when you live there, it becomes French, a novelty. You're French, but, and French people don't want to... Yeah, they respect it all, but they... Yeah, we went there enough when we were younger. I'm glad I saw Notre Dame before it burned to the ground. Yeah, well, that's true. Yep. I got a bunch of good pictures of yep, it. Yep, so did my wife. Uh, but then, um, with Moulin Rouge, it's the turn of uh, the century. You have uh, Ewan McGregor, who's a writer, and he's coming up with these great stories and everything, and he ends up uh, coming into contact with these kind of... Uh, what would you call them? They're not hippies, but they're like uh, vaudevillian type, yeah. uh, very eccentric actors and singers and dancers who all we'll work at the Moulin, uh, Moulin Rouge. And they uh, are coming up with this, uh, what was it, Spectacular Spectacular. That was their big thing that they were going to do. And it's do. weird. They yeah. do some crossover stuff. Like they sing some songs from, yeah. from the oh, yeah. 60s and 70s oh, yeah. back in the 1900s. It was very interesting. And that's a they Baz did, like, thing. They did some time, tra- time travel Be- Because Baz did that in Romeo and Juliet. You kind of knew what you were getting when you were going to uh, go into this movie because he's kind of famous for doing that but the a lot of the musical numbers were super fun like the when he, they're trying to convince remember she's like a courtesan kind of mm-hmm. thing and she works for the moulin rouge and she's I mean, basically moulin a, rouge was a burlesque yeah and basically show. that's what it was she was a prostitute they brought the high-end people into her or she was like the head one remember the investor remember they were all in the same room together uh, it was a really fun scene where ewan mcgregor's in the room but then the investor comes in and so ewan mcgregor has to hide behind the the thing and She's doing all this random stuff to just keep her eyes on her and not to notice uh, Ewan McGregor's in the room together. And then uh, the vaudevillians all show up and they do this great little kind of uh, pitch to, the, to this guy <laughs> saying, this is what our story is going to be about. And then they, they do this dancing. But this it's a lot of fast cuts. Do you remember when they're... Uh, I mean, they must have had choreography. Must remember have how... Uh, what was that song that got super famous the, after this? The Lady... Um, my, oh, damn, Lady Mandalob, yeah. or what the hell is it called? Damn, it's that famous song. Oh, yeah, 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 you're getting it there. It's that famous uh, yeah. disco song that became re-famous because Christina Aguilera yeah. and a couple of the other uh, big pop stars at the time did redid it the did it for the movie. And then they were doing it at the MTV Movie Awards and everything. Yeah. It, it kind of spurred off a lot of musicals that people are enjoying it because they weren't yeah. doing them like... Glad those are done. Oh, no, they're still doing those. Are they? They're doing I thought they fun. were doing them in Disney movies now. They do, but they do them like if you think like uh, Mamma Mia and stuff like that. It's a good example that they can be done in a certain way where they're fun. They're not my favorite, but like when you think Sweeney Todd and you you take that dark subject matter, I mean, there's some serious throat slits. It's one of his favorites. Top top 10. 
Top. Was it that low? I thought it was top, <laughs> top five. It could have been top five. But he won't stop talking. I know. I had to I had to buy it for me because he wouldn't shut up about it. All right. <laughs> Moulin Rouge. Let's uh, we'll leave it at that because she had two big movies in two thousand and one. This other one, one of my favorites in enjoyable movies. I think everyone who sees it for the first time, and we're not gonna reveal the ending on this because I don't wanna uh, I, ruin that. I will I I will reveal my experience with the ending, oh, which is funny. Which doesn't reveal the ending, though? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, it's good. Well, this is it would if I told you, but it's still... It, to it's tell funny. it without doing it, revealing the ending. So we're, we're talking about 2001's The Others. Probably yeah. one of the... If you were to name the top five just, like, basic, classic ghost stories, yeah, this great. was one of them. Mm-hmm. The, the Changeling was another great yeah. one with George C. Scott that's always on the top of most people's list as best ghost stories. If you haven't seen that, it's a great movie from, I think, the early 80s, late 70s like, with George C. Yeah. Scott. Her husband goes away to fight during the, the Civil others, War. Yeah, the Others. It's Civil War. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's in the house with her daughter and, and son. son. Yep. And they have a condition. Yeah. They, they can't go outside. Or yeah, they, they can't get sunlight. They can't see sunlight. Yeah, they're very pale, and uh, she's taking over this house, and th- she decided to keep the caretakers that were there before. And she uh, like, and those caretakers are great, great older yeah. character actors that we've seen. I've seen in several movies. The, the how can the you not woman, ruin this one and talk about it? Really? Yeah, we, we could talk about it to a certain extent. No, you just don't ruin the very ending. I mean, it's it's you can talk about it from you know what. And so the house is haunted. Yeah, as the viewer sees it. Yeah. And the caretaker, the female, she was amazing in this. The older woman, mm-hmm. she was also remember that movie uh, or the uh, the it series me a Brotherhood, lot like American Horror Story, the first season. Yeah, yeah, it's very American Horror Story. If you similar. like that first season, it's yeah. it's very like that. Uh, but that older woman who was the main caretaker, she was the uh, she was the matriarch in that Brotherhood, which was basically the Sopranos in Providence. Remember oh, that yeah, series? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. that came out and she was like the matriarch yeah. that was behind a lot of that shit yeah. was great she was awesome she's been a great actress for a long time so she came in and uh, the guy who played the gardener was in there so she had several people taking care of the house mm-hmm. and at the very beginning she's like taking she, she's like I know how things were done before but this is going to be how they're done now I need my uh, my kids need to be blocked from the sun or from mirrors I want all the mirrors removed I want all the uh, the windows are always to be kind of shut you know, all the blinds to be shut. I don't want them to be exposed to light. They have this condition, and you have to respect that. She's like, all right. And so gradually, crazy stuff starts happening. You realize, all right, this is a this is a ghost story. There's some hauntings happening. Obviously, the big famous scene from it, other than the <laughs> ending. I am your yeah, I am daughter. your daughter. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that scene. So she, she comes in. And into the room, and I think the daughter had been playing. It's a very moody movie. We should mention too. A lot of it's by Lantern, yep. you know. And the daughter was playing her in a playroom, and I, I guess she had played in the little fort stuff yep. before. And she had. We'd already seen a few things at we this point. See, we we heard voices. Things. Her daughter said she had talked to a couple people yeah, that yeah. weren't there. And but she, did, she saw somebody else as her daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's what it was. She was sitting on the floor. Uh, playing with toys but when we saw her face you could tell it wasn't her daughter yeah. there was something else going on and nicole kidman flips out. out he says what have you done to my daughter yeah. what have you done but to my daughter like, oh then it was her daughter and she's then you thought like oh nicole kidman's lost her well shit. at first though remember she's like what are you talking about i am your daughter Ghosts. <laughs> he's like what are you talking about i am your daughter but you could hear her voice but the, obviously the face is not yeah. it and then she screams and then uh, Nicole Kidman almost tries to make a move against this this kid, thinking it's not her daughter, and then all of a sudden, the uh, it, everything's right. Her daughter's yeah. face is back, and you're like, so "What you're the th- fuck is going on?" So my thought was, <laughs> "I'm gonna have to remove this wind chime again." So hold on, tell us again. 
I mean, you thought Nicole Kidman had lost her mind at this point because you're like, uh, she's seeing stuff? Is what the hell is going on? He has removed the sound implement. Wind chimes are gone. I should know. Oh, shit. I should know. <laughs> I had to kick t- the table. <laughs> I'll kick the table just to make it worse. I should know that those wind chimes are going to be an issue out here. Uh, so, yeah, and it's, it's exciting. I, I can't stress how much of an enjoyable. You leave the movie feeling extremely satisfied. Well, here's the greatest okay, yeah, thing. Tell us a little here's, bit. This falls right into leaving the movie feeling extremely unsatisfied. One person. <laughs> well, it, so if I you were satisfied. Saw, I, I mean, was. I went and saw it with uh, Leela, the French girl that I had dated for yeah. a couple of years. Was it like lost in translation to her a little bit? Or no, was it... I don't think so. I think she missed some cues. Okay. So she didn't get the ending. Okay. And then we get in the car and I said, how'd you like it? I thought it was great. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm confused. Now, and she started talking and I was like, wait, that's not what happened. And I told her what happened. Yeah. She's like... Oh my god! I feel like I gotta go watch it again. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. That's crazy. No, I see it now. But she, yeah, yeah. she had missed the point of the end. Yeah, yeah. Because and then you and you have to say Bill Pullman is in this movie too. Another damn, I forgot about Bill he, Pullman uh, in this movie. Yeah, he is at the very end. Yeah, I totally and, forgot uh, about that. Oh, such a great ending, man! It, it really made Pretty cool it, twist. And it was a lot of they made fun of this movie in that scary, oh, scary movie, yeah, movie scary movie when three. Michael Jackson was under <laughs> yeah. the Michael Jackson was under the under the hood under the I hood. am your I am your daughter or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, man. But yeah, such an enjoyable. It was a slow burn of a movie, but it was so satisfying once that happened. It was really, really, really good. Uh, all right, this next movie here, and this was, like I said, this was my favorite of Nicole Kidman's and actually got an Academy Award for Renee Zellweger, who was next level in this movie. This was such a great movie, and I hadn't remembered how great this movie was until I rewatched it uh, recently. It's on HBO right now if anyone has it and wants to check it out. And this is 2003's Cold Mountain. This was a big book, too. Mom read the book, too. She said the book was great and the movie Marie was great. has the book, because when and, I said it, yeah. she's like, oh, no, I, ha- I have this book. And she had not she read had, it yet? She was... I don't know if she's read it. She hasn't seen the movie. Oh, man. She should oh, definitely. Oh, wait a no. She has seen the movie. Okay. She has seen the movie. Such a fabulous movie. Not enough movies told at the uh, during the period of the uh, Civil War. And this was a very, very deep, dark kind of look, like most Civil War movies are, at what happens during it, how desertion happens, how uh, people survive when they're back uh, at home uh, with unprotected lands when there's like you've got like one kind of I, I hate to call her helpless because she kind of started off helpless yeah, but kind of helpless uh, it, in the beginning she had a great arc Nicole Kidman had a yeah. really great arc through this whole, whole movie where she was very kind of concerned and she needed almost wanted to find somebody to fall in love with and right when the these right before the war kind of started she ended up just briefly meeting jude law and she kind of fell for him without before even knowing him and then he had to go off to war and so the the story is split you know we're watching jude law's part of the civil war and then you're watching nicole kidman's part who's trying to take care of her house uh this like huge like mansion uh in like north carolina i think it is i yeah, forgot that's that, what's his name was in this movie who's um, this a lot of great actors the, in this movie the guy from um master uh, Phil, yeah, Phil he was great. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman played like the... Do you remember the first scene we saw him? How I fucked don't. it was? Uh, so Jude Law, what's going on is Jude Law is experiencing the life as the, the soldier in the Civil War. And at some point, they they get separated and he's he's like, they're all going to desert. You know, yeah. They were like, this is stupid. We shouldn't be fighting this way. And I want to just go home. I want to go back to Cold Mountain. And he's trying to make his way home. You know, and, and it's all the but people. But he's afraid of getting captured because if you're a deserter during yep, that time, they'll shoot you. They'll kill you. They're going to hang you. You know, so he, he, 
he's not a fan of the the Yankees or the kind of the South at this point, and which is was a conundrum for that area anyways because yeah. it was sort of like in the split. Yeah, the Virginia area. Yeah, if the, if the Yankees find you, they're going to kill mean, you. Kentucky's and if, are Southerners, but yeah. I mean, if the Yankees find you, they're going to kill you, and if your own people find you, they're going to kill you because you're a desertion. And so that's you... sort of what the same thing that Philip Seymour Hoffman was. Yeah, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman, it was crazy because the first time we met him, Jude Law's walking through the woods, like on his tr- on his long trek home, and it takes a long time to get there. I think he, probably six months, a year or something before he finally gets home. And it's all about the different characters he meets along the way and how Nicole Kidman is d- dealing with the house at the uh, when she meets Renee Zellweger, which is great. great. Uh, who was fabulous in this, but the Philip Seymour Hoffman scene, Philip Seymour Hoffman is about, he drugs his black slave that he had sex with and impregnated. He drugged her and is about to throw her off the mountain. And he's about to do it. He's And he's a pr- preacher who has a f- wife and a family, and that's why he wants to do it, because he wants to hide the fact that he did it. He's a man of God. It's, he can't be seen looking this way. Of course, he's a man of God. And Jude Law, and he's like... I'm going to kill her. I've got my seed in her, and I'm going to relieve her of this pain and everything. And Jude Law's got a gun on him. Don't you fucking touch her. And so basically uh, ties him in the center of the square and puts a note on him and gags his mouth and everything. But then they their path co- crosses again, like probably 20 minutes later, and Philip Seymour Hoppin's hair has been cut, and he's like an outcast that helps Jude Law. And then they start traveling together, and he realizes, all right, this guy's flaws I'm going to have to deal with and everything, and they come across... To, uh, that great... It had that that stuff with um, Natalie Portman. Stuff with Natalie Portman. Great. And Killian Murphy, who was the uh, the guy from Red Eye and yep. uh, Batman, who was one of the soldiers that uh, that comes across to her at uh, some point. Very nasty difficult war, scene. Nasty war, rape. It, it, it had a injuries. lot of those elements that you would imagine always, if it was the apocalypse, yeah. stuff would happen. I mean, that people don't people, realize the brutality of the Civil War. They yeah. think brutality, they think Nazi Germany, they think but Americans were in such <sighs> little part of World War II in the Western Front. Civil War like was a ugly, year. Man. Civil War, people, like, is uh, the way I like to portray it to somebody, in three days in Gettysburg, it was exactly the same as the entire death toll of the vietnam war yeah died three in, in three days in uh, and we're talking about a war that lasted for five years yeah <laughs> so you can imagine what and the total numbers you were. go through battle by battle there was like five thousand people killed on yep. one day and the pigs would eat all the bodies and, and it was the, what's even more disturbing to me is these war. normal people that it brought the bad parts out of them which is almost what well, we're it's experiencing one of the only, it's it's one of the only i mean yeah you can't say modern but it's one of the last wars that the american people were involved in yeah like all yeah, of our yeah. other wars, we've yeah. we've gone it's on somewhere your front, else. It's on your front I mean, lawn. It could we be got in your backyard in Pearl Harbor, and that's probably the last time. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. Other than bases that we have in other countries, our mainland hasn't yeah. had to suffer that type of brutality. So possibly, recently we're dealing with that thing with fucking apparently uh, innocent black people can't jog down their streets before racists shoot you down. So we we need to nip that shit in the bud right now because you get this type of stuff. Do you remember the? <clears throat> Like the Ray Winston stuff was difficult, man. Ray Winston, I don't remember. It. He was he took uh, he, was he was like captain. he was a captain that was in the town of Cold Mountain, yeah. and he was hunting down uh, deserters, deserters and killing them. Mm-hmm. And remember, uh, Renee Zilgerberg's father was played by Brendan Gleeson. Remember, it was him, Ethan Suppley, and Jack White from the White That's Stripes right. Right. were in a musical group, and they would hide them in the cave, and they would go out, and it was that great. Oh, it was such a difficult scene because Ethan Suppley played kind of a simple character and remember when Ray Winston was gonna he said stand over there and they were about to kill 
uh, Brandon Gleason and uh, Ethan Supley. Uh, Jack White had already been hiding. He was puking from eating that night, and he was off to the side watching this happen. And Ethan Supley's just smiling, and Moira's is like, yeah. why are you smiling? Put your hat over your head. And he's putting his hat over his head, and he's sneaking behind yeah, it and yeah. smiling. He was just like the sweetest, sweetest, lovable guy and didn't know what was about to happen to him. Yeah. And they were like, don't kill him, man. He doesn't know what's happening. They shot him, and man, it was brutal. It was difficult. One of my favorite scenes. It's a sad uh, movie, too. It was a sad movie, but <laughs> there were parts of it that you were like, oh, that's so good movie, though. I love, uh, and that was what was great about Renee Zell, where she Twisting brought kind of, the, that was the scene, ah. man, when she showed up, and she's <laughs> like, uh, so-and-so says you need help over here and everything, and then Nicole Kidman having such a bad time, and she's yeah. got like a pitchfork on her hand, and yeah. she's like, that rooster over there, he's he's from the devil and everything, and Renee Zell goes over there and cracks his neck, well, let's put Doesn't him in a pot. crack his neck, pulls his head pulls off. Pulls his head off, that's right, <laughs> and says, get a pot, we'll, put, we'll cook him tonight, and everything, and she really changed Nicole Kidman for the good in that r- movie because she was such a strong character and you need to take care of these fields you need to I love that scene where she's taking her through the farm that morning and, mm-hmm. and says start a list he says we need to fix this fence we need to fix this we need to fix that and that's what we need to do and it would have been great if they didn't have exterior forces constantly coming out of their land fucking with them man it was uh, it sounds like a horrible time period to live that uh, and, that gun battle at the end with um, Jude Law and that one dude from I can't remember what movie he's from, but he's like oh oh the uh, that's the guy he was famous for uh, um, he was going to be in that Fifty Shades of Grey but he he was famous for Sons of Anarchy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what he was on he he played like an albino yeah like yeah. total white hair he was creepy had weird eyes and yeah. everything he's like. He's like, you know what I got on my side? Yeah. Confidence of youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they pulls on God, him. Man. And it was one of the greatest scenes. Uh, Jude Law shoots him dead. Yeah. Horse runs away. Yeah. Jude Law's just sitting there. And all of a sudden, Jude Law, after like a minute yeah. or 60 or 40 seconds, coughs up blood. Yeah. I didn't like, even know he was shot. This was a romantic movie which didn't have a lot of romance in it. He finally got back to his woman. Yeah, he finally Nicole got back Kibben. to a woman that. He barely knew. Barely they knew. barely knew yeah. each other, but the thought of them kind of both got yeah. them through the, like mm-hmm. the most horrible situation. Like I'm sure that she wrote him a hundred letters. He he had that picture that she gave him right before he left that he kept looking at and looking at. So it, they were almost in love with the idea of them more than them. So yeah. you you kind of like the idea <laughs> that, that it probably people? worked out, but I Maybe think a lot that. of people's relationships are like that. <laughs> yeah, then you, I mean, not, then you're with them for a year. Never, and you're like who the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, that I won't say. I've had one relationship like that. I won't say her name, but. Yeah. Oh, it's funny, man. You know, that's why it it pays to get to know somebody before you're with them. Uh, Not to say that this didn't work out for them. Maybe they went on because they had that great kind of scene at the end with uh, everyone together and everything. They won't reveal much, but this is an epic movie that everyone should check out. Not not to mention the fact that it's such a great movie. It's a great history lesson uh, of the Civil War and ideas that should not be repeated. (laughs) All right, this next one. I love this movie. I loved it. You liked it, too. Mom did not like it. This was one of the movies I lent her, and she was like, I was not a fan of The Destroyer. Did she say why? 2018. She didn't like Just the dirtiest, acting in it. She um, Dirtiness of it? I think the acting in it was slow. Uh, part of it and everything was... It had a fractured timeline, probably. It had a fractured timeline, and I think that, that I think that was part of it is what she had said, but I loved it. it. I like dark, slow, gritty movies that you have to figure out, and this was Couldn't basically... made her more unattractive. Oh, if man, she, she looked like shit in this movie. Oh. I mean, this was like on the level of Charlize in Monster, how bad Worse she looked. Than that. And if you've seen the old movie Rush, uh, it has a very Rush feel to it just because you're dealing with undercover cops. 
putting themselves in dangerous situations and those situations changing their lives for the worst. Yeah. Like she she was so deep undercover that it basically ruined her relationship with her daughter. She had zero relationship with her daughter and they kept coming back to it and it was it was a it was a hard movie because it wasn't anything to to look forward to. There was no happy moments no. in this movie, but there were some exciting moments in it. I loved the stuff with the her and stuff. The, the stuff with her and Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Uh, which is That's her he, partner uh, on when Yeah, he's undercover. the Winter Soldier from Marvel yeah, movies yeah. and he played the boy the, the abusive the boyfriend Soldier. from I Tonya. He was really good in that. Those were the three biggies that he was in Hot Tub Time Machine is another one that he was in. Maybe that's right. He, he was funny as that, that. <laughs> and he was young in that movie. Uh, but yeah, it's basically the story of an undercover cop. And it, the, the ending is kind of shown at the beginning. And then you kind of go back in these. But you don't know and, that. And you don't know that. It's kind of. It, you're kind of working your way through to get you yourself you back to that. You almost think she's investigating what the beginning of the movie was. Like you, yeah, yeah, you that's, get, that's you, what you, you're, you're thinking watching like, this movie. We're not going to reveal the whole ending and everything, but she's investigating a, a crime that she knows a little bit more about than she's allowed to say, mainly because she's undercover, too. Yeah. You know, She can't really reveal everything. But yeah, some of the good stuff in this movie, man, those bank robbery scenes. I felt so bad for those uniform cops when she... Uh, so it's basically like if you took a rush and you took point break and you kind of put them together. Yeah. You had this group of bank robbers that would come out every once in a while and they'd hit a bank and then they'd disappear for a while and then they'd come back. And she had deal dealt with them in the past. She, she was waiting for them uh, to the point where she was part of the gang uh, so much that she was waiting for them to return. It was a great shot when that dye pack went off on you. Oh, That guy was God. standing... He went back into the and bank. You knew what he was going to do. Now, this is my problem. If you're an undercover agent and you're going to run and confront somebody back in the bank you know was armed, yeah. you've got to have your gun on this yeah. motherfucker as soon as you identify yourself. Yeah. So when he turns around and he has a gun, you should kill him. Because yeah. you knew he well, was going in. we're talking about two different bank scenes, right? <clears throat> because there's a... Uh, I'm talking about the one when he went in and killed the teller. Yeah. Because then there's the other one later on where she went in herself. Yeah. With the two cops. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the die pack one, and that's when the, she... The, the other one was... Oh, they should have waited outside. I had problems with the bank scenes because they were just done. But she was from crazy. She, she was, was crazy at that point. I mean, she I, had that MP5 in her trunk. In, yeah. in her trunk. Remember? Remember, she's like, "This is a firefight." Yeah. Because the, the cops were. It was. It was intense. That you saw that they went into the bank and you saw Nicole Kidman grab like this fucking hand like cannon, MP5, like <laughs> it was insane gun, automatic weapon out of her trunk, and she goes to the bank. She waits. She calls it in. She waits for two. Uniform cops to show up, and then all three of them enter the bank. But before they enter the bank, they looked at her like with fear in their eyes, saying, "Shouldn't we wait for backup?" And she just turned to them. And at this point, you know Nicole Kidman is so deep, and she has so many mental problems with what she's doing in her life. She's is a shit to her daughter. Too, she's right? a full blown alcoholic. Her daughter is in the worst relationship in the world. Uh, so she's willing to go in and and not give a shit about her life, mm -hmm. but she really put these other two guys' lives in danger going in yeah. there. But it was an intense scene to watch because they were robbing the bank, and she just went in, and that she firefight started. Tracks her friend to that other place, yep. and then gets in a fist fight in front of about fifteen or twenty people. <laughs> oh God! And man. Throws her in her trunk, yep. and then pretends like she wasn't there. Yep. Remember? Oh yeah. And then takes this person away. Yep. The, the heartbreaking moment of this movie is when she had stashed a bunch of money. And was gonna. Remember. She had stashed a bunch of money, and she was gonna. And she never from a bank oh, robbery. Right, never looked right. at it. She was gonna give it Pay to. Off to she was boyfriend. gonna give it to her ex husband and tell her to take her daughter away and start a new life. Yeah. 
I've done a lot of shit in my life. That guy's great too. He's yeah, he's he's the one from uh, Killing Me Killing Me Softly. Yeah, he's awesome. And um, which I just saw again recently. It was fucking great. That's so good. My favorite stuff is when Ben Middleton is is so good in that. My my favorite stuff is when Brad Pitt and the and the guy from uh, the man who wasn't there. Oh, uh, Jenkins. Uh, oh, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their stuff, stuff in the car was fucking great. The, uh, man, the stuff with the guy from Destroyer and Ben Mendelsohn uh, played the uh, played yeah. the crackhead. So she, yeah. So she goes to the storage unit. She hasn't been there in years. Yep. She has hundreds of thousands of dollars in a duffel bag. Yep. And she opens it up, and a dye packet went off Ugh. and ruined it all. Yeah. I think she scrounged eleven thousand yep. dollars out of it. And she tries and to, tried to pay, pay off her boyfriend, boyfriend to yeah. leave town. Which it I was crazy. You, you wanted something. To, it, it, was, it started off yeah. so good for her, and uh, she, it just wasn't turning around for her, man. It was a dark look. It was depressing. It was a depressing movie, but it was... Because didn't just her and her undercover partner fell in love, and they just yep. wanted to get a big score and peace out. Yep. But then and, at some but, point, yeah. But the undercover guy, he's like, we can go along with this, but if something goes down, yeah. we're cops. We have to... Like, they, she was willing to... to just let let, every, let him go. Yep. Let him kill that. Ah. Uh. God, tell her. It was crazy, man. It, I, I think it's definitely worth seeing. You get to see Nicole Kidman play a character that she rarely sees before. Anyone that is that deep, deep down, and uh, I, and we'll talk about that in a later. Uh, I was going to talk about it's something her, she's doing. It, on- it's her moment. Everyone has like the monster Sally Thurman moment. Like, yeah, I they thought, go way outside their comfort level, yeah. do something really dirty and yeah. gritty. And, and I knew when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, she's yeah. going to get nominated for this. And I think she was nominated for a Golden Globe and an Oscar. She didn't get the award, but she, it was a tough year that year. Uh, but and it, it wasn't the exposure was weird. Remember, we were waiting for it to come out in December, and then all of a sudden it was pushed to like late January. And then when it came out in late January, it didn't even come here. And then all of a sudden it's at Redbox, and I was like, holy shit! I remember talking to Justin. Yeah. I was like, that destroy movie. Just finally came out at Redbox. So I, I just bought it, and I was like, ah, oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. All right, this next one. And oh, this, this next one. This is this is a this is a Star Wars movie, and it's the Evil Empire. <laughs> yeah. This is a deep dive into the into the interworkings of the Evil Empire of Star Wars. Of Star is it, Wars, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's something different. Uh, oh, it's the Evil Empire of Fox News. And that's what it is. And this is 2019's. Couldn't be any more topical than uh, 2019's bombshell. Man, a lot of great uh, actresses in this movie. Right? You got Charlize. Charlize really stole the show in this movie. I mean, it's hard. Uh, and I mean, she was the main... Nicole Kidman, and this was a true story of what uh, happened at Fox News, yeah. m- mainly a story about Roger Ailes. And took uh, down, uh, what's his name, too? Who's um, this? The Bill... O'Reilly. Yeah, O'Reilly, yep. And a lot of the... It just exposed the douchebags, you know, that were working at Fox Stuff News. Stuff that's been going on for... Uh, for years. Forever. It, no, forever. Yeah, forever. I mean, from the beginning of time, yeah. men oh, have used their this powers... Is like, yeah, madmen times hold of, like... women back yep. and to exploit them for sexual pleasures yep. and degrading them. And, and There was... It was obviously always going to be a tipping point, and this is yeah. the tipping point that kind of got <laughs> exposed asked, on I this. I asked Marie if she wanted to watch it with me. She's like... I'm not watching that movie. Oh man, it was good. I, no, it was a I tried it. But I love true stuff. I understand stuff. why she doesn't want to yeah. watch it. It's like who wants to sit through fucking ridiculous yeah. Fox News shit for for two hours? It's true, but it exposes a lot of the stuff. I loved Kate McKinnon was great in this movie. She was oh, really yeah. good, and in a role that you normally don't get to see her. So you got yeah. Ro- Margot Robbie, you got uh, uh, Kate McKinnon, you got Nicole Kidman, obviously, and you've got what's Charlie Theron. No, uh, yeah, Roger and, Ailes. Uh, uh, what's his Played name? Played by John uh, Lithgow. John Lithgow. Did an amazing awesome job. job. I hear that uh, Russell Crowe plays a great uh, Roger in the Showtime show, okay. but I, I haven't seen it. Uh, but uh, 
Nicole Kimden played Gretchen Carlson, very famous uh, newscaster for Fox News, and she was great in it. Uh, obviously, when you watch the movie, your your mind and your eye, and when you leave the theater, always says one thing that you cannot believe how much Charlize looked like Megan Kelly. I mean, she was identical to McCain. I'm watching. It, I mean, they look. It a was lot, almost distracting. They look a lot alike, anyway. Yeah, but he they did some stuff with the makeup. When they you see her in and out of makeup, a whole lot of stuff. You, it won Best Makeup, won the Oscar yeah. for Best Makeup, and it totally deserved it because they transformed her into that. They had, to the point where you were watching it, and you thought at points that she was Megyn Kelly. Yeah. It was very they had strange. A ton, well, they, uh, didn't they use some footage, too, with Megyn Kelly? I don't think so. When they, she was interviewing Trump? I, I don't think so. I think that's Charlize. It's freaky, freaky. Well, it's it, all anyone yeah, talks about good. with this movie, and it makes sense. Once you've seen it, you get it. And it's the it was thing funny you, to see the behind-the-scenes where they had Geraldo, and they had... Oh, yeah, and Geraldo, and... Uh, people had uh, to stick up. You saw alliancing, alliances forming. Oh, yeah. Because you just had so much power to elevate your career or yeah. to crush your career. That's the problem with... P- power. With politics and, and, and with the, the media system and everything, that you, you speak up or if you change one thing that who you're affecting Rupert everyone Murdoch? else. Uh, Famous. Damn, who At did play end, Rupert Murdoch? Oh, did, yeah. Did I mean, finally to, said you're out. Let me look it up real quick while we're talking here. Uh, no, no, no. You, we can talk about other stuff on here. Uh, some of the most difficult stuff in that uh, was watching in that movie. Margie Robbie have yeah. to go to the office. <laughs> I didn't even have to say it, <laughs> knowing that she was going to have to have sex with Roger Ailes because he was a he was sort of a bridge troll at and that his, point. Oh God! And man. his wife stuck stuck. If this if it's true, his wife was inscrutable, uh, like stuck up for him yeah. the whole way. Oh my God, dude! Like these girls all and, have it out for you, and they're always attracted to men with power. And, they're and it's just, weird seeing it, it. Shouldn't be weird seeing John Lithgow play this character because he's played just as many evil people as good people but for some reason in in my head at least the good people stand out you think the guy yeah. from third rock from the sun you think trouble well, in, in, in real life harry and henderson's. henderson's in real life he he writes children's books and he goes to the libraries and reads them to the kids i've seen videos of it and you're like john Lithgow's just like sweetheart but then then, then you get to see him play the trinity killer and like uh dexter him, and strangling yeah. naked uh, he get naked. Who and was he dressed up as a tub. nurse? He didn't he dress up as a nurse and kill somebody. Uh, Wait, what was the one when he had a twin? Oh, raising Cain. Raising Cain. Oh, he was evil in raising Cain. He was evil in Ricochet. Uh, oh, I, Ricochet. I loved great, him in uh, the World According to Garp, where he played the trans the trans, uh, trans girl, and uh, he was he was fabulous in that. I, I love I love him in everything, and even this, he was great in it. He was really really fabulous in it. But... It was certainly difficult. Yeah, my internet sucks back here, so we won't know who plays Roger Murdoch. I so want to say it's. It was uh, the guy from Jaws. The guy from Jaws. Who? The cop. No, he's dead. Is he? Yeah, he's You killed Roy Schneider? <laughs> I didn't do it, but I, I did announce it, I guess. <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, Roy Schneider's been dead for a while. Maybe you'll get some internet service while I'm talking here. Well, yeah, while you're looking that up, I want to mention that I, I was excited. And if you have HBO, or I don't know if HBO is still doing that free uh, that only free for Only for... Select movies. Okay. Well, I think this is one of the TV shows that they're allowing. The Big Little Lies show that is on HBO is phenomenal. And uh, it's one of the first time Nicole Kidman has gone to television. And it's it's her, uh, Renee, uh, no, it's her, Reese Witherspoon, and Laura Malcolm Lenny. McDowell, sorry. Malcolm McDowell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was great. I forgot they dealt with a lot of with his sons and everything in that, which... Uh, Connie Britton played... Oh, Connie Brighton played, yeah. Uh, Roger Ailes. Oh, life. God, man. And she was great in that, too. But uh, Big Little Lies, so it's uh, it's Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, and what's our girl? Uh, Laura Dern. And it's unbelievable. And it's Sh- Shalane Woodley, too. She's in it. And uh, it's, it's about... Um, 
uh, Nicole Kidman's husband is played by what's the uh, the really uh, hunky um, s- s- not Stellan Skarsgård's son? What's him? Not the one that played the clown in <laughs> it, but the other one. The other one that's always he was in like True uh, True Blood, and uh, I can't remember his name, but he he was the one that's always in like the uh, uh, those types of roles. But he played Nicole the Kidman's guy from husband. Of the world? Uh, no, that's the. Uh, uh, that's the other guy from Shatterglass. Okay. No, I, I can't remember his name. But he plays an abusive husband and beats Nicole Kidman in Big Little Lies. And something happens. Uh, this major crime happens and all these women have to agree to kind of cover it up. And then in the second season, Meryl Streep shows up and oh, is an, uh, uncovering stuff. And it's such, I'm telling you, up. you want to watch one of the better TV shows on right now that uh, I, I'm assuming there's going to be a season three, but there's two seasons. Out, and if you have that free HBO that's going on right now, click on on there and check out Big Little Lies, man. It's one of those shows that I didn't know if I was going to like until I w- started watching it, and I was like, man, this is well written, and man, this is well acted. And it, and it shows you these big actors making that cross to TV. It's going to happen more and more. You see Pacino I mean, doing it in that Hunter show. It's full and, on now. There's no... Oh, yeah. It's not... No. It's not a trend anymore. I mean, especially if it's done with like Netflix, you feel like you're just filming a 12-hour show. Make just as much money and go home. I mean, it's basically a 12-hour movie that they just chop up in the editing room and they release all at once or or week to week. Refreshing routine to just go in and do scenes and then go home rather than having to move halfway across the world. I mean, I would like that, but if if you're in the 50s, yeah, at some point, a lot of these people make that transition. Sleep in my own bed, man. Yeah, and that's I think that's almost 70 percent of people that make that transition from movies to TV. They just couldn't make the same amount of money. Yeah, now they can. It's an easier gig if you're Mark Harmon and you're doing NCIS and you can just show up on the lot every day for 10 years and (laughs) still see your family and not have that life. I mean, it's not as adventurous. It's not Tom Cruise going to fucking space to make a goddamn movie with with Elon. You're gonna see Tom Cruise. (laughs) fall into that mold maybe later than most people but <laughs> oh god crazy but yeah nicole kidman man like i said we left a whole bunch of us off here this is tons of great movies i know your your wife and her uh, uh her sisters are huge fans of practical magic and we'll probably be pissed yep. if they know we weren't talking about practical we magic on here hey that's it that's it's love right there go <laughs> check it out it's a good movie <laughs> uh that, there's, there's a lot of really great nicole kidman stuff that we didn't mention but we had to narrow it down and these are good pieces you know you put all these together it's a good snapshot of her career and her kind of highlight reel if she was going to come uh, do a highlight reel all these would be on it man and I, I love when these actors are starting now and she's at that age now where she's going to start playing these older characters you know she's playing the mom she's playing these kind of heads of the CEO type companies and everything and I'm excited to see what she's going to kind of do in her uh, her later career I'm glad she got out of the uh, Scientology relationship oh shit I did it again <laughs> one they might let go but now I've done it twice I'm just not going to leave the house today <laughs> Dave's looking at the sky. It's going to happen any minute. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not scared of you. <laughs> you should you be. say that. You say that. <laughs> until you're... Until We're you're, very close to Clearwater, Florida. Until your bail is $700,000. <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> all right. Well, the next coming weeks, we got some Let's really... Let's just say you don't get the same respect in jail when you... When you... <laughs> think defamation against Scientology. <laughs> Uh, so the next couple of weeks are going to be exciting. We're gonna we're gonna stick to the quarantine kind of uh, format for the next couple of weeks, and then we're planning in like in like five or six weeks we're gonna do a big reunion at Dave's house, and we're gonna do a big wild card episode when we're all back together again. But for now, we're gonna do me and Dave, and then me and Justin. Uh, it's just easier that way. Eric. What's that? I said you should do another one with Eric. 
Uh, we could. Yeah, we could do another get, one with Eric. He's get him, good. Get him hooked on the show, then we'll hit him up for some sponsorship. I know, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll put it right at his front desk. <laughs> Check out Fascinated with Films. We need t-shirts made, man. I would wear it. I would wear a totally, t- uh, like an, F- uh, an FWF t-shirt. I might make those up one of these days. You'll be surprised with one when I get them in the mail. Uh, but next couple weeks. So next week, we're going to, me and Justin are going to do video games, and me and Dave are going to do spy films, and then me and Justin are going to do uh, SNL films. SNM films? SNL. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Confuse it. S and L. If you show up waiting Saturday for an S and M podcast and you hear S and L, you're gonna be. Really I got my nipple clamps. What are we doing? <laughs> it's a it could be a crossover pod. S and M meets. F- <laughs> There's only SNL. eleven movies that are S and L movies, like officially uh, Saturday Night Live films. So it's not a whole lot. You know, I, I have a list, and it's a lot of the random ones you didn't think of too. The National Lampoon's ones aren't listed as S. No, they're movies, not SNL. They're anyone that's kind of produced by Lauren Animal Michaels House. or nope. That's uh, that's what's his name. Uh, that's our guy from Trading Places that looked like Mr. Hughes. What the fuck is his name? Uh, I know the one where the who's the. The girl that smelled her um, hands when she stuck. Yeah, that's, that's uh, superstar. SNL movie. I have that. I just bought it because I don't remember it. It's Pat is one of them. Stuart saves his family, Stuart which I which I just them. bought and I haven't seen. Just for think of characters. Are, uh, what about Wayne and Garth? That's definitely Wayne and Garth one and two. Uh, obviously, Coneheads, the Blues Brothers. Uh, there's a lot. Night at the Roxbury is one uh, that they uh, they did that wasn't technically, I think. Uh, an SNL film, but they went back on and started doing the clips from it. So it's it's interesting. MacGruber is another one that was uh, part of that. That list. was way better than I thought it was. Uh, be I've never I seen it, it, but I own it. Like I'm gonna, I will watch it before the pod. So. I, I I remember getting sucked in at one of our vacation houses, and I'm like, I don't Justin watch loves this it. stupid movie. But Justin talked and then about I it. A couple it of, I was like, man, that movie yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, Justin talked about it a couple of pods ago. You can go back and listen to it. Uh, so we got that coming up. Me and David are going to do a day. Uh, a, uh, Danny Boyle uh, director's pod and then me and Dus Justin are gonna do an epic uh, retrospective of Canon films. Now, if you lived in the 80s, the 70s and the 80s, like me and uh, Dave did and Justin through the 80s for sure, uh, you grew up watching all these cheesy-ass, uh, fun but bad action movies that usually starred Chuck Norris, uh, Richard Chamberlain, or Charles Bronson. Chuck Bronson. Uh, it, really cheesy. And on the Lots list, of- I came up with two lists for both these pods, and they're so fabulous. Uh, the downside is I have to rewatch a lot of them because I don't remember a lot of them from the past, but they're some of my favorites, man. Some of them I could just talk about any day of the week because they were so great. Uh, and I, I ordered a bunch online that I haven't seen in forever. Murphy's Law is one of the ones that come to mind. I just love that Charles Bronson movie, man. So the, the Canon film retrospective is going to be really good, and we're going to top it off talking about that Canon documentary, which uh, which is really, really great. If anyone, uh, It's called Electric Boogaloo, like the wild and crazy time of canon films or something like that check it up i don't know if it's the two jewish or iranian yeah they're like iranian producers that just loved movies and they were crazy and wild and into the guerrilla filmmaking and threw all the money at chuck norris and uh, yeah. all this and just it, kind of the roger corman style but it yeah. was like they were just mad men like they'd go bankrupt between movies and then have a hit and there was one uh, one director that was uh they couldn't get them talking on the documentary because they were going to make their own documentary yeah. about it but they had all these directors talking about them and actors they had dolph lundgren mm-hmm. talking about masters of the universe and everything they had one director on it uh i think she was a director and actress i can't remember it now i think justin's seen it more than me because he watched it like four times in three days and i just bought it for him i I found it for cheap on ebay uh but one director is on like the getting interviewed and burning the script like on camera this is what i think of those directors and they're just (laughs) burning the script i was like oh my god this is gonna be wild so it's gonna be a fun pod to talk about so that's coming up in the next couple weeks so if you want to get a hold of us you can uh, check us out on facebook under fascinated with films you could also uh listen 
listen to all our pods or leave comments or likes on SoundCloud or iTunes, whatever platform you're listening to. And you can also shoot us an email, fascinatewithfilms at gmail.com, and we will get back to you. Like I said, we're quarantined. we got nothing better to do. We will get back to you. Uh, and uh, it's going to be exciting. These next couple weeks are going to be some r- really great pods. It's going to lead up to that ultimate uh, wildcard episode when we're all three back in the same room together. So hopefully everyone's staying safe. Until next time, see you. Bye. What makes you an exception? Thank <laughs> you.